Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of All Things Suck. For anyone who's been listening and thinking, hang on, where where have we been for the last few weeks? Uh, apologies, um, people seem to be liking this idea of going out again now and uh, you know, even if they're sitting outside in the pissing down the rain, but they like it, so yeah. But I have someone who is very dedicated to the cause and for some reason he still keeps coming back. I um, obviously must be doing something right. Mr. Josh Varney. Hello, sir. How are we? I'm very good. Fairly good. So this kind of this episode kind of got inspired by uh, your messaging after a certain TV series, which has just uh, which has just well just debuted. And, um, you know, with it being rather short episodes of a series, it's one of the things that you can binge within about four hours. So uh, here we are. Oh man! As soon as it, as soon as I saw it was released uh, that Friday morning, I actually shot my load within the first. Uh, like I thought, right, it's now six p.m. Right, kids, get the fucking bed because Dad's about to binge <laughs> the fuck out of this. And kids were in bed. It's like um, Dad is too early. Don't care. Get to bed. Um, <laughs> straight on the TV. Straight to Xbox. Load everything. Netflix. Castle. Fucking Vania season four. Um, I'm a little sad that the it's the last season of the series completely, but it finished really high, um, and it finished, I think, better than most series finish. I've got to say, hmm. um, you know, it, it's the it's the series ending we should have had with Game of Thrones. Put it that way, because that was <laughs> fucking abysmal. This was great. This was everything I could ask for. Um, from uh, the guys at um, it's Powerhouse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, who did the animation? And this was just, this was great. I, mm. I I just could not have been happier. I've loved it from the beginning uh, of season one, straight through up until now. Absolutely, fu- it was a, it was like a, oh, the majesty of Castlevania and chicken in the wall and oh. Let's all throw over, spark a cigarette, and that was it. I was happy. So fucking happy. And what we have to remember is that this is more or less like just the start, really, of what is to come from the um from the supposed um what they call what's it um Adi Shankar called it the bootleg universe. Yes. Which um we we kinda know that there is a Devil May Cry series coming on at some point. As part of this bootleg universe, which hopefully I'm so hoping is for later this year, because fucking hell, we we need to have something exciting to look forward to now. After Castlevania has reached its end, and Joe, yes. uh, and I've I've got to be honest, because you know we are living in a world where um, someone does something, and I, I don't want to bring too much attention to it, but obviously Warren Ellis, um, you know, his history kind of a uh, probably tainted. Castlevania to a degree some people were saying as well that this was brought to an end pretty much because of um, his activities I can honestly say that no I think this was always intended to be the end for Castlevania because I can't see Joe Joe, don't get me wrong I reckon there is going to be there will be Castlevania series that come after this there will be spin-offs there'll be different obviously different characters taking taking the lead but I think this was always the plan to finish this iteration with season four, and do you know what? It it was glorious, and 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 I think one of the things that I did really enjoy was when um 
a certain Malcolm McDowell appeared on screen as Varney of London. Oh, and uh, I just had to go, um, hey, Josh. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. As soon as he came up, I thought, he's going to fucking say something about that. I know he is. Every fucker I know who likes Castlevania and knows to, you me know. is just going to fucking just try to just, you know, just, just pipe up. So, Do you know there's a... Yes, I'm very well aware. Yes, But he's yes, got the same Varney name. Of, yeah, I know. Yes, Varney of Wales meets Varney of London. Oh, but as soon as he came on the street and thinking, Varney of London, that sounds so fucking made up. Like, literally made up. <laughs> and, it, you know, any, anybody who listening now who has not seen season four yet, we do warn you. Spoiler Spoilers. fucking warning. Um, I mean, halfway through, again, something really doesn't fucking add up here with him. As like, what? <laughs> it was a very random vampire just to appear out of nowhere. Because, you know, even when you look at um, characters like um, Carmilla and Lenore and, you know, the sisterhood and, you know, these characters actually had... A background actually had presence in previous Castlevania work, and then we had you know Varney of London. Um, but it was just how many times he introduced himself as well. It was like it was like Bill Nye when he was um, obviously Saint Germain. Every time he introduced himself, Saint Germain, at your pleasure. Um, it was like it was like that was just uh, Malcolm Adele went, Yeah, do you know what? I like what Bill Nye did in season three. Can I do that in this series? It, that's what it felt like. Well, it's kind of it was like, <sighs> okay, dude, yeah, we understand, we know who the fuck you are. Let's let let's 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 move on. But no, he just kept <laughs> on going and say, for fuck's sake, but then here again, we go. It turned out, um, you know, as we did say, spoilers. Turned out he wasn't actually Varney of London. No, he was someone even more prominent than someone who I honestly thought for the longest amount of time we would not see in Castlevania, death but we is, did. Death himself. Death himself. What? And what a reveal as well, actually, when he just goes, uh, yes, I'm actually deaf. And they go, what, the deaf? Yeah. Um, and he was like so casual about it as well. He was like, yeah, what, what was you expecting? Um, I, 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 I just sat there going, this is the last episode. This is the last episode. And Death's Day, you know, mighty and glory. And all of a sudden, there's Trevor Belmont, you know, saying, you know, ta to Cypher and uh, Alucard. And I'm just looking at it going, he's going to spank him like a bitch now. <laughs> as soon as he threw up the morning star, and I thought, you've got to be, he's going to spank him like a bitch. And I was thinking to myself, okay, so he's got the morning star. That's going to, you know, leave a mark. I'm thinking, where are those things he's been picking up all through the fucking season? As I, he picks up a crystal, finds a dagger, finds another something else. Again, what the? And all of a sudden, then he's like cloud with the Buster Sword, just putting them all together. I'm thinking, this is how it's gonna go down. This is, and all of a sudden, straight through the head. I'm thinking, absolutely, can't wait. This is brilliant. And then, complete obliteration. I thought, no, Trevor, no. He doesn't end like that in the game series. Him and Cypher go on and have kids, for God's sake. He's got great-grandkids, for fuck's sake. He's got Christopher Belmont, you know, his great-grandson. They can't be the end. Mm. And then he got obliterated, and I was like, fuck! <laughs> Do you know what? When, um, and then when you see in the... Because, uh, you know, as we said, spoilers, if that wasn't obvious enough. And then just when you see that that last bit in the final episode, when you see the, the horse coming up to coming up to the castle... Yeah, and you just see the silhouette. You just see the the figure, and I I kind of was just like, come on, please say this is Trevor. We we need a happy ending for this series, you know. And then as soon as it's revealed, it's like, yep, it's Trevor. And uh, it's like, um, Joe, I'm really bad. I could, uh, I was talking about this with someone yesterday, 
and um, talk about Castlevania. And I just kept having Ben Kingsley flashbacks. I'm Trevor. Um, no, Tre- don't, Trevor don't do Trevor that. Satry. Don't do Don't do that. Um, I'm an actor. Um, no, 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 no. So, you know, this, this series, I think, I think just surpassed so many expectations. I remember when the first series, and bear in mind, it was only four episodes, the first series. Mm. It really did set a high bar. And when you consider video game adaptations as a whole, they are pretty shit on average. Yeah. In the last few years, though, we feel like we've had a bit of a resurgence. Castlevania, to me, that led the way. And then we started seeing it in the films, you know, Detective Pikachu. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good film. Sonic the Hedgehog. Now that was that to me. That was just that was just pure bliss almost because it was that was a Sonic that I wanted to see. You know, someone who was fun, someone who was you know able to go out in this world and do crazy things and battle Robotnik. And come on, if someone said to you three years ago, Joe, what we're going to have this uh, this almost like it's not even so much a renaissance, is it? It's like a rise. That, you know, video game movies and TV are going to slowly become good. They're going to become this epic art form. I, I would have gone, no, nah, you, you, you're talking bollocks, really. And then, you know, we had a few weeks ago, we had Mortal Kombat, which, you know, not obviously the greatest film of all time, but my God, that was what I wanted in a Mortal Kombat movie. And this was, for Castlevania, this was what I wanted in a Castlevania series. I wanted it to be bloody, I wanted it to be brutal, I wanted it to be fun, and most of all, I am so glad that they found it apart from Malcolm McDowell. Whether or not he was going to play Varney of London, or whoever it was going to be, Malcolm McDowell, I always thought, would be perfect for Castlevania. And when they and when he suddenly appeared in one of the episodes, I was like, yep, yeah, that's very good casting. I'm very I, I honestly thought when um, the announcement of Malcolm McDowell was going to was was made that he was appearing in Castlevania, I honestly thought he would be in a flashback um, or um, a flash forward, I should say, for um, Simon Belmont because everybody Ooh. see every, everybody knows Simon Belmont from the original Castlevania, but um, Trevor Belmont has come uh, comes before. Simon Belmont, um, mm. you know he's he's one of the main uh, progenitors of uh, the Castlevania law. Um, him with uh, Leon Belmont, Richter Belmont, Simon Belmont, uh, all the Belmont clan. And I thought it'd be a flash forward to him as Simon Belmont. And when he come up as a, like a rogue vampire, I thought, <laughs> no, nah, there's something else in fucking this. There's no way Malcolm McDowell just is just a fucking vampire you know it's just there's no possible way when you've got guys like gray mctavish is dracula and richard armitage as trevor belmont there had to be something in it and i was you know it's like among us i was sus about him from the fucking beginning (laughs) and it was it was like no 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 he's he he can't be just a, a a crappy that you know his stench could be smelled before you even knew he was there type of person i thought no there's there's gotta be something more in it um and the storyline was just great it really really great and it it picks up i think directly as we ended season three yeah because season three ended with pretty much the first attempt to reopen hell you find out that obviously well 
who who would be surprised to find Dracula in hell, basically? But all these other demons, all these uh, all these night creatures, all all escaped from hell. So you had that whole opening episode, which was basically Trevor and Cipher, you know, just just trying to clear the land up almost, and then yeah, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, Saint Germain is here. You know, we thought he disappeared in the infinite corridor. Well, what's the uh, What's he doing now? And then we find out that he is what we thought was we thought he was a heroic character. Turns out he was a bit of a villain. A bit of a bastard as well. Yeah. Yes, um but Joe, you know what? I did like his backstory episode. I thought that was that was actually really good. And I think this was something that I did enjoy about this season. They did have a lot of time for the supporting characters. They did really flesh them out a lot more. And just when you see his episode, you know, where He's obviously got tied up with all the goings on. You find out how he pretty much became the uh, the person that he is. The obviously he's lost love, trying to trying to re like trying to find her, trying to see what happened to her, mm. and then becoming involved with this plan to revive Dracula. And you, but <sighs> it's it's kind of a really sad story for him as well because you you know the the introduction of this woman and. You know, you're not actually told who the fuck she is. You're not actually explained who she is as well, what she is. Because let's face it, she was not human. There was no way that death by snoo snoo woman was fucking human. There is no way. She beat the shit out of that one guy with a few punches to the nose. That was impressive. And there was no story in it. You know, she, you know, she disappears into the corridor. Okay, what happens? And, you know, at the end of the series, he's there bleeding out. And she just kind of like looks through the corridor and then fucks off. Mm. You're thinking, ooh, wow, you, you went through all that shit for nothing. It's like it was like looking at a Kardashian. She took what she wanted from him and then fucked off. And it was just, <laughs> you poor bastard. And I did really feel sorry for him right at the end. But then he kind of redeems himself and is able to push uh, Trevor through the corridor to save him. Which I thought was, oh yeah, you, you you're okay now. You're a bit of a cunt, but you're okay. You you, you can go now. <laughs> Another thing that I thought, um, sorry, I'm going way off the fucking rails here, but you started go this. Um, we we end the last series with opening the gateway to hell because they're trying to dr- bring Dracula back, right? Yep. Why is his wife in hell? She was not evil. She just married a vampire. She gave birth to I... Al- she gave birth to Alucard. She was burnt at the stake. Mm. She never committed a crime. So I had why an idea for this. I did have an idea for this, and this is not just in in this thing. I remember, I remember. I can't remember what I saw this from, but I remember there was a thing before I watched where it was about there was this couple who did die. One went to heaven and one went to hell. And then it was like, well, I'd rather be in eternal damnation with the love of my life than, you know, not ever see him again. So maybe that could have been it. Maybe she did go to to the quote, to the pearly gates, and then she might have gone. No, actually, no. Dracula means a lot to me. I'm going to go back for him. You're quoting Dante's Inferno. I think there is something. It wasn't Dante's Inferno. It was very similar. Yeah. Because obviously Dante's Inferno basically works out that he died at the beginning, although he didn't realise he had died. He thought no. he just fought his way through hell for, you know, for the, the woman fun he of lo- it. The, the woman he loved. He's, he's yeah. supposed to be going through hell with the woman he loved, and he'd rather um, stay in hell to 
um, keep the devil there and have his the love of his life go to heaven yeah. instead. Do you know what though? What what really got me was um, the, the you know the 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 like the body that they made to bring back oh. um, Lisa Tepesh and Dracula to combine their souls and put them into this one thing, and that part of me kind of just went right. Why? Why would you think bringing them two back, trying to merge their souls into one body, to this freaky combination of things? What? I that 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 really threw me. I couldn't understand the idea. It was like what? So you're trying to make this ultimate killing machine, but you got to remember Lisa Tepesh was, you know, pretty much pure good. So yeah, she was a scientist. If if you were putting Dracula in. With you know, like you bring him back and you say his soul's been corrupted from being brought back to life. I could get that, you know. You're placing his corrupted soul into a body, the body you know made up of all these different monsters. I would say yes, that's um that's quite a believable bit. But to bring him back and then basically you have got Lisa, you know, fighting almost, and she's going, look, I recognise where we are when when they're in this body. You can already hear that she's you know. She she's not she's not blatantly turned evil or anything. She's just no. like you know, like like what the hell's going on? And well, if and then, if you remember in the in the very in the, the you know the first season, she's the one who convinces Dracula to actually go out into the world and 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 greet humanity again. And yes. it's only until she's murdered by humanity that Dracula goes off the fucking rails. Yeah. So it was it was her in the very beginning that kind of like shown showed him look. Not everybody's a bastard. Not everybody's a bastard. You know, she gave him a son. She gave him Alucard. And, you know, it's only that... um, uh, I can't get my words out today. It's only that moment where she's murdered. And even then, she says, don't take it out on them. They don't know what they're doing. Um, Please find mercy. And even though he goes fucking apeshit, which you probably would, yes... um, (laughs) You know, he injures his son, but then puts him into his coffin to regenerate. So, you know, he's still caring, still a dad, still a husband. And I remember sitting there going, he's in one body with, you know, the love of his life. He's not dead anymore. The the soul's just sharing a body. Why would he go off the rails? Mm. Yeah. um, And even more confusing, right at the end, you find out that they are now both alive again. Yes. They're in the mortal world, and they are, you know, they're they're basically they, they and they go look. We won't go back to the castle. Maybe one day we'll return and see Alucard, but for now, yeah, let's just let's just go and do our own thing. And when when that bit came up, when you saw them both heading into the, I, I guess for a better term, you know, into in. the B and B, you know, it was an uh, inn. And then I, I like saying B and B, you know, that just, uh, just sounds funnier. Um, yeah. Um, yes. Have you got a room for the night? Um, yes. Uh, do you do a full English? Uh, oh, nine o'clock. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure we're, we're done <laughs> do, then. Um, do you do a full English? Yes. We have Virgin, Virgin, not Virgin and Plague. Oh, Plague. Yes. yes please. Plague. Oh, plague, please. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Can I have that with a side of extra Virgin? Yes. Thank you. Um, but, but you know, when, when they were first there, and it, I honestly thought that was going to be like a flash forward to, a, I don't know, to what could have been like a Simon Belmont bit or something. I was really thinking it was going to be something that was going to tease 
you know, like the like the spin-off series that we are pretty much aware of that is happening. But then when you see it's them two, it's kind of like, right, I get that they've probably done it to try and have a happy ending, but I kind of feel there was more there. there like th- That's not actually said in the series. Mm. I think there was more reason there for why they were brought back. And I kind of hope that that will get addressed if we do see them again in a future series. If we do see, well, come on, it's Castlevania, Dracula... And Castlevania are basically part and part, so... This is true. I don't know. Do you know what? I I remember when the first series came on, and I I remember the four episodes, I just got through them straight away. And I was like, right, yes. I need to get back into Castlevania again. I need to play the games again. And it's one of the things that you realise that Dracula... Dracula is, is is a very empathetic character almost. He's... Whereas you see him in a lot of media where he's seen as this just this snarling evil person, this this guy who, you know, just just kills for the fun of it. In this series, he you know, he he's he is a misunderstood person. I think he is someone who doesn't define himself as a bad guy, but he likes things his own way. Yes. He doesn't like being taken out of his own normality. The only person who has ever taken him away from you know the life that he did know was Lisa, and then when you know when when they obviously get married and they have Alucard and you know they they're building their life together, you see that he's you know he's taken everything that he knew about himself, kind of put into question. But he's decided, look, if this is the way that I can be happy, if this is the way I can make other people happy, that's what I'll do. Right. And then when she's killed, he's like, yep, that's it. Um. Yeah, any any chance that I had of being a normal person, the any chance that I had of trying to, you know, establish a positive connection with humanity, nope, they've you're just all fucked. fucked. Yeah, they've just okay. fucked. They've just, they literally just fucked it. It's like, oh, you yeah. just burned my wife to the, you just burned my wife to the stake. Are you? Are you, that's it. You're all fucked. Yeah, and it was just that first episode when you see just the execution of every single person. It was like, wow. Okay, this is someone who, you know, we started off in the beginning of the episode. He is a recluse. He, you know, he doesn't really like people being around him. And we do see that there are a few people that have been staked and put at the front of his castle. But then again, you know, we don't know. They might have been trying to kill him. You know, we mm. we don't know that he's necessarily evil. But then obviously people say things, hearsay and whatever. And then, you know, we have Dracula that goes, yep, you're all fucked up. So now... You're dead. Well, no. this, this is the this is the thing that you kind of have to you have to notice when watching the series, especially the first episode. Um, when he comes back from traveling, and he goes back to the house to find you know to, to see if his wife is there, and obviously she's missing. And that old lady says um, they took her, they killed her, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They tr- and she tried to stop them and everything else. He tells her, "I'll spare you." and your family for the kindness you've shown. Mm. And he says, if I were you, I would leave tonight. Yes. So even then, he's got a sliver of what Lisa left behind. Yeah. Because, and then, then yeah. just goes apeshit. Because that's it. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to hurt the people that have shown compassion. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to kill those that he believes are not bad. But, you know, this is a, this is a whole... A group of people that have decided that Dracula's evil, he has to be gone. 
but you know they take they take the love of his life and then Dracula's like yep right I was trying to hold back but yep you're all fucked that's it and then uh you know everything just uh crumbles from there but do you know, let's let's go back to let's go back to season four because this show like don't get me wrong every series has been really good mm. this season was literally just so breathless it was just so much action going on oh it balls was just, to the wall balls and it was to the just, wall it just it just smacked you straight away and i've got to say this is this is one of my complaints that i had from sort of like going into this series from the end of season 3 mm. um so when when we had a uh, hector you know when he's basically teaming up with lenore and uh, you know she tries to gain his trust there's and an abusive she, relationship in it yeah but then she places that ring onto him and goes like yeah you will give you to me won't you you will and then um and do you know what the first thing i thought why doesn't he i know it sounds horrible why didn't he just cut his fucking finger off you know because then the ring no longer has power and then he does it halfway through the series he's like yep the finger's gone um the ring's now obviously aha un- I inactive can, i i've got i've got a reason for that go on Everything we saw through the season, he was setting up. Mm. He wanted to be there. He played it off that he wanted yeah. to be a pet. And yet all the time, he's placing things yeah. around the castle. I, I see, yeah. I did see that then, you know. But it was like that immediate thought, I think, even going to the first episode, because I did uh, recap it. I was like, why don't you just take that thing? And then obviously, yeah, it does become a bit clearer when you do see that... And this is it. There was a, there was a lot of, there was a lot of like double crossing and, uh, you know, manipulation in this series. Um, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved that, every minute. Yeah, I mean, we find that you know Hector hasn't actually um, been exactly too happy with the idea of helping to kill off Dracula, so he's trying to help bring him back. Um, Saint Germain is not actually an ally. He wants to bring Dr- Dracula back, and then you know even the embodiment of death. Wants to bring Dracula back, you know. It's a, uh, it's it's a, it's a strange club, really. There it's, is a, yeah. It, it's it's a whip of many. Uh, uh, the best way I can say it is using a Belmont reference. It's a whip of many tails, and um, you, you know, when Trevor's saying to Cipher, the fact is that, you know, we spent and fought so hard to get rid of Dracula. Now every bastard in the land is coming out of the woodwork trying to bring him back. You know, and it's it seemed like through season four, they didn't stop. They, they, you know, there was no time for rest. You could tell Trevor was tired. He was beaten. He was battered. You know, his his bones were broken. There's no time to to heal properly, and he still continued to fight on. You know, Cipher, she's you know she's cut up. She's bruised and she's battered as well. Also, while pregnant. So yes. let's just face this. Let's just say probably one of the hardest working mothers out there right now. <laughs> and but do you, but it, it, do you was, know it was great. I loved, I, I did love like the humor in this series as well. Just when they obviously find out from the, you know, when they find out from the priest that they're trying to revive Dracula, it goes, why do you want to bring that fucking idiot back? And he looks at all the, um, all the brainwashed people to the side. Honestly, would you bring him back? No, no, of course not. It was, it was so funny. I, I, I absolutely just, I, I just, I just, I just loved it. Um, 
with Dracula though, with, with Dracula, especially in the series through Castlevania, especially the original Symphony of Darkness, no, you know, so on so with Symphony of Darkness, Symphony of Darkness, still one of the best fucking Castlevania games going. Um, you find out that Dracula in the series is a necessary evil. He's there so nobody else comes along and does something fucking worse. Because let's face it, Carmella was psychotic to the point mm. where, you know, I want to rule the world and I want every every human just to be cattle, you know, like Happy Meals with Legs, as, um, as Deacon Frost once called them, you know, Happy Meals with Legs. And you kind of think in... Wow, um, is Dracula really the bad guy here? <laughs> and that's the story. Um, you were saying about going forward with Castlevania now. Um, I hope if they do decide to go forward with Castlevania, obviously you have to include a Belmont because there's nothing Castlevania without a Belmont. That's I mean, it's true. like it's like having. Um, Oh God, you know Jack Daniels without Coke or whatever. Um, you can't have a Castlevania without a Belmont. I really don't want them to jump straight to Simon because there's two generations of Belmonts left out. You have Christopher Belmont, you have Solil Belmont, um, and I think Simon Belmont is just too much of a well-known name. I mean. Captain N, the Games Master, they made him out to be a fucking joke, and that's not what Simon Belmont was. You know, he's supposed to be this uh, Johnny Bravo-looking prick who was just, you know, fascinated by his own reflection, and he was a bit of a douche, but that's not what Simon Belmont was. I would like them to jump to Richter Belmont. Oh, very good choice. I would love them to just go directly to Victor Belmont and Annette, and show their um, struggles and everything else. Um, anybody who's a fan of uh, Super Smash Brothers will know that Richter Belmont is a uh, playable character in the um, in the game. And his first appearance is in the Dracula X Chronicles, I think, if memory serves. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I know it's called Castlevania... Uh, Rondo of Blood. That I know from a fact. And um, it's such a great game. It's such a great lore. And he is... He's like Trevor. But he's a bit more of an asshole. But he's such a cool asshole. <laughs> um, which sounds more dirty than it should, really. Um, but I'd love them to go forward with Richter. Um, especially with... Um, Annette, his girlfriend, um, you know, her kidnapping and everything else. Um, yeah, I, it's such a great story. And I know you were saying about, um, Devil May Cry. Yes. Please, to the love of God, I hope they keep, um, the original voice actor of Dante, Ruben Langdon. Oh, yeah. Joe, I, I honestly hope. If they do, um, whichever series, whatever we get of Devil May Cry, I really want them to do a, you know, it ain't going to be strict, but I want it to be pretty much like an adaptation of Devil May Cry 3. Because, that is, because that is just so rich with material. Ooh. And, and um, you know, just to have Dante and Virgil fighting against each other, 
that would just be so beautiful to see on screen. And I I think I think if they are gonna do anything, I reckon it'll be kind of a it'll be kind of like jumping between time zones. So I reckon we'll probably have I reckon the majority of it will probably be more like later Dante, but then there'll be so much flashbacks into what would effectively have been Devil May Cry Three, and yeah, I, I I can't I can't even guess what what we're gonna have in that series because you know we we don't really know what's happening on that side. But if they don't actually have at least as a side storyline for the series, if they don't have it set pretty much on their rivalry from Devil May Cry 3, I would be disappointed. Because, come on, who doesn't want to see them two literally just butt heads and just fight pretty much to the death over and over? You know, it's one of the greatest video gaming rivalries of all time. Well, it you should you, 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 you know better than I think, I think most people know um, that I am probably one of the biggest Devil May Cry fans going. Mm. I even named my son after Dante. That's because he was a little devil. He, he's literally the devil. He is literally yeah. the devil incarnate, the devil may cry. Um, <laughs> I named him after the character. And, you know, it, everybody says, oh, Dante. Yeah, Dante. Oh, Dante speak. Fuck off. Dante's Inferno. No. What Dante? Devil may cry. What's that? Get out of my sight. Um, I named him after this character. And, you know, even when um, my ex was pregnant with uh, Dante, I always said, this is his name. It, it's not going to be any kind of discussion. This is his name. And it's how it's going to stay. Um, so I've played the game since its conception. You know, I, I, I was there for Devil May Cry. I was in PC, PC, come on now. And Devil May Cry 2, Devil May Cry 3, Dante's Awakening is, was, was, because I have a rebuttal. DMC3 was one of the best slasher games going. It was fantastic. The storyline between uh, Virgil, Dante, um, their father, Sparta, Jester, um, you know, the Sword Rebellion, everything about it, uh, Lady, Trish, all that shit was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it, you know, I was crying when DMC4 came out. I was like, whoa, we've jumped forward way too far. Uh, who's this kid? You know, who's Nero? And obviously, you don't find, you know, you've, you you kind of guess who Nero is going forward that he's Virgil's son. Um, Which wasn't the biggest of surprises. No, <laughs> it really wasn't. You know, but you know, it was nice. Um, and for anyone who hasn't played yeah. Devil May Cry 5 yet, um, well, basically, you know, that's already been spoiled. But I'll tell you what, it's the. It's weird that a Devil May Cry game actually has so much emotion. Um, Devil May Cry 5, when you hit that end part, when you actually have Nero coming between Dante and Virgil to stop them from you know, finally killing each other, mm. you kind of like, there's like that little bit in your chest that starts hitting you, and you're like, my God, you know, why, why is a video game actually making me care so much? It shouldn't be like this. Well, it's to Dante and Virgil, it's brother versus brother. To Nero, it's dad versus uncle yes and even though virgil really doesn't give a shit that nero is his son i mean for fuck's sake he chops off his son's uh, his own arm just so he could reclaim the devil trigger and yes. that was like holy shit dude really you cut your own son's arm off so you could get your fucking power mm. back and even even then through the game 
the last ending of the game in DMC5. Nero still wipes the fucking floor with him. Mm. You know, it's it's the whole Star Wars, you know, the um the the apprentice has become the master, you know, and the the the, the son defeats the father, that, that kind of old school shit. And it, you know, anybody listening who's never played the DMC saga, the DMC Ranger games, do yourself a favor. They're on if you've got Xbox, they're on Xbox Marketplace now to download, and they're all fucking cheap. There's a massive bundle of them. If you're on P if you're on PS, same shit. Go on the web, go on the marketplace, download the games. They are worth the gameplay. If you if you're on Twitch, if you've got a Twitch channel, get on it, do a DMC run. Trust yeah. me. You won't regret it. And you'll be wanting the swords, you'll be wanting the guns, you'll be wanting ebony and ivory, you'll be wanting coyote A, you'll be wanting all of it come through. You know, you'll be at the nearest con now looking for these replicas, which they're fucking hard to find. Um, but DMC, Castlevania, you know, it, it they're the games that have been around for, you know, for, for donkey's years, dude. I mean, Castlevania was on the NES for shit's sake. Mm. Um, we didn't see Castlevania, we didn't see uh, Devil May Cry until it was PlayStation 1? Uh, no, PS2. PS2. Thank you. Um, so, you know, things just got better when you went, you know, even more digital. Um, so, yeah, to see DMC... Uh, through Powerhouse, the same style they're doing uh, Castlevania and Master of the Universe, which we will get to. We will fucking get to that because that's <laughs> that's something else I'm talking about today, motherfucker. That's what we're uh, talking about. We um, are we are going to get onto it. Um, but you know, as we've uh, as we've gone through Devil May Cry, I kind of have to talk about um, you know another another franchise which means a lot to me and one that really does piss me off because uh-oh. I I. <laughs> I, it pisses me off because I I haven't obviously been able to play the uh, supposed game that's been in development now for for God knows how long, but in two thousand and nine, I remember having the choice of picking up. Um, there was a few games that were on that were on the release on this same day, and I remember I saw this one on the corner of my eye called Bayonetta. Oh, now, I. Remember, I remember um, reading about Bayonetta in, I, f- I think it might have been um, Xbox Magazine or something. And I, it, because it said it was made by Hideki Kamiya, who made the first Devil May Cry game and, you know, some other absolute classics. When this game was announced, I remember you, you kind of almost felt dirty buying it because you, you see the, the cover and it's like, my God, this is a very, very provocatively dressed woman, you know, who has a lot of sex appeal, but also she has four guns that, you know, are there to just blast demons or angels into pieces. And I remember playing that game and I was hooked on it. I thought it was just one of the best hack slash shooter games I'd ever played in my life. Now, I never owned a Wii U, so I never got to play Bayonetta 2 originally. But then it re-released for the Nintendo Switch. And I replayed number one because obviously I hadn't played it for a few years. I had to get back on that. And then Bayonetta 2, I absolutely loved as well. And then in December of 2017, I remember staying up watching the Game Awards because, you know, um, Insomnia does do that to you sometimes and you you find other things to fill the void. 
Sometimes. Fuck. Sometimes. Still doing it. Still doing it to me now. <laughs> oh, it still does it to me now. But you know, I was. I, I remember when they said, "Oh, it's Bayonetta one and two is coming to the Switch," and it was just that part of me going, going, "Oh, they're gonna say it's a number three. Please say it's gonna be a number three. And then there was that short trailer, and they went, "Yes, Bayonetta three is in development for Nintendo Switch." I was like, "Fucking yes! This is so good." Nope. Now, three and a half years later, where the fuck is Bayonetta three? We are still. This is basically. The newer version of the whole Mother Free scandal now. It's like, where the fuck is my game, Nintendo? Where the fuck is my dame, my game, Mr. Hideki Kamiya, who's actually blocked me on Twitter now, you fucking idiot. I, I, I kid you not, Hideki Kamiya has blocked me on Twitter. Um, what did you do? I asked him about the game and I got blocked. <laughs> That's probably why. Uh, um, with, 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 I found. The new age, especially of um, scantily clad, you know, figure-hugging, um, strong, I'm going to iterate that fucking word, strong yes. I'll tell female. I you, you would not want to mess with this fucking woman. Fuck, you know she's, a, she's a beast. You know, it's like if, if Ripley and Sal Connor had a baby, hmm. Bayonetta. I'll tell you what, for people that think, like Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil Village, they think she's intimidating. Oh, fuck. Like, you tell you what. You go and see a Bayonetta game, and you think, fucking hell, yes, this is this is a woman who is terrifying and would kick your ass without even giving it a second fault. She, she gives the title Curb Stomp to a different fucking meaning <laughs> because the heels of her boots have got fucking revolvers in them. And do you know what I love? I love the weaponry as well, also known as Scarborough Fair because they are named after the four parts of Scarborough Fair. Yeah. You know, past the stage, Rosemary and Time. Which is great, which is absolutely, you know, it's it's fantastic. But as I was getting back to, <laughs> the reason why I think there's been such um, shit with, you know, the, the length and time of waiting for Bayonetta 3 is the... We're, we're probably going to get in shit. Well, I'm probably going to get in shit for saying this out loud. <laughs> but fuck it. We've, we've kind of, we kind of pushed the boundaries on most of these podcasts we do. Yep. But... It's the Anita Sarkeesian people that kind of ruin it for everybody else. Is the the we're offended by boob armor on Mandalorian females that kind of spoil it for everybody else. I mean, they nearly tried to cancel Lady Dimitrescu um, in the new Resident Evil game. Why? Because you know she's death by snoo snoo, and people didn't like it. They oh no, we're, we're canceling this now. We, we we we're offended by this. No. It's if you've got a pro- if you personally have got a problem with something, then you've got to own that feeling yourself. You can't just say, "Oh, it's offensive." It's only offensive because it's you your your offense. Nobody else says. I mean, for fuck's sake, everybody else wants to be crushed between this woman's thighs. I tell you Li- what, if that was how she killed you, fucking hell, that I'd would be playing the game all day. That game would definitely get a lot more sales, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Do you know what? This ain't even a mod. You know, she fucking crushes you with her thighs. It's like that. It's like that one from James Bond. Oh, oh, oh it's then you're on the top. I'm Zenia sorry. You're on the top. What's the sh- name? There should be an achievement. If, if, if that was a thing, right, where you could be killed between her thighs, right, by crushing you in between her thighs, there should be an achievement where if you just die, replay it just to get crushed between her thighs over again, the achievement for being killed like 20, 20 times between her thighs should be really, really <laughs> achievement unlocked. Or just, or just, you are a perv. Yeah, that's just <laughs> the name of the achievement. <laughs> you need Jesus. <laughs> and then, and then, do you know, 
because I've been playing a bit of Resident well I've been playing a bit I've been absolutely loving Resident Evil Village and um, because you're exploring around her castle and there are moments kind of like Resident Evil 2 um, where you've got Mr X chasing you she starts chasing you through the castle Mm. and you know she doesn't even have to run she doesn't have to rush she just walks at such a leisurely pace if she gets too close to you the claws come out on her hand and she's just like, yep, I will pick them into your chest. I will throw you across the room and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to slice you up again. And there are moments in that game that really do shit you up because of how unexpected and how gory they can be. And for a series as well established as as this is, as Resident Evil is, it can still surprise you, which I love. I'm so glad that there are moments I go, oh, fuck, what was that? And... Uh, it don't happen often, but when you see, like, there's a bit in the first half hour of the game when your character, Ethan Winters, the man without a face, um, his hand, basically, half his hand gets bitten off by a lichen, and just all of a sudden, like, you just see, like, the, the chips of bone that are sticking out of his wrist, and he's trying to bandage it up, and he's trying to still do things with this, like, crippled hand, and it's... It's, it's it's so weird, it's so creepy. And it's just like, when he's trying to do things, he can't obviously get a grip of something properly. And fucking hell. And then there's another bit, spoiler territory, doesn't really have much impact on the story, but there's a part when his other hand actually gets completely cut off. I've seen that it's bit. Like, it's like, fucking hell. He's trying to lift the lever up, trying to obviously bring a door open. All of a sudden, Lady Dermatresque cuts his hand off. And I was like... How the fuck am I supposed to get out of here now? I've only got half of one hand. This is uh, well, well, it happens the same way. Fucking Markiplier usually says, "Oh, look, get some goop juice on there," and it was just, yeah. you know, just whatever this fucking shit is made out of. I think, fucking hell, man, the government need to get it on this because I tell you, you know, what, yeah, it's he's great. Put, yeah, he's just literally like put the stump, <laughs> put this like this limp wrist back on the stump of his arm. He's chucked this special juice on it. It's like, oh right, um, yeah, it's slowly coming back to how it should be it was like oh man this this so weird but i was kind of thinking i really wanted to play the rest of the game with just half of one hand imagine how difficult that would be oh jesus christ i i and and this is this is it's such a great game but these characters are just well done and this is the problem with great characters because they're strong because they they look menacing but they also have that um, that sexual prowess, you know, you know, Lady Dimitrescu. As soon as somebody saw her, you know, massive giant vampire lady with curves, and every single gamer guy out there just went, "Oh, she's thuck. and it was just one. It was fantastic. It was amazing. You know, all the all like the, the main gamer guys. You know, um, you had Jack Septiceye and uh, Markiplier just going, "Oh." Okay, now I'm going to do a a big favor for anyone who you know has a spare couple of minutes and they think, right, um. Maybe I'd need to see something that's a little bit weird. Now, if you go on to um, you go on to Amazon because you know this is uh, exciting stuff. Go on to Amazon. Just type in Resident Evil Village, okay? Because obviously the first thing you'll probably get is the game. The game will come up. Scroll down, and I'll tell you, you will see some of the most disturbing pieces of art in your life, and. For a lack of a better term, for a lack of a better term, um, there is many of Lady Dr- Dimitrescu where she is um, au naturel, let's just say. 
Do you, and, know, there's a, do you know there's a life-size cutout, car, cardboard cutout of her available as well? Yes, I, I had heard about that. And even, <laughs> even more disturbing, there is a photo with her and Jill Valentine. Um, both, you know, um, free of their their um, clothing. Inhibitions. And basically, um, Jill Valentine is um, nestling on Lady Dumitrescu's uh, um, bosom. Let's Tits. just say, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I'm and, sorry. It, um, let's face no, it. Let's face who, it, dude. It's, it's who, a brim full who, of Asher. I mean, everybody needs a bosom for a pillow. Yeah, but um, it's it's one of the things that I when I was going to pre-order the game, I didn't expect to see that image. You know, oh, you're buying Resident Evil Eight. Maybe you want this. No, I fucking don't. <laughs> yes, and now because I just do. typed in Resident Evil Eight without even you know thinking that this shit would come up. Oh yes, do you want to go back to where you were? Oh yes, Lady Dumitrescu's tits. No, if, I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> and if all you little pervs out there really want a fucking good time, the, the king's got you. The king, the king's gonna look after you right now. Go on Google, type in that search bar. It's Homie Tanaka, Lady Dumitrescu, and you are welcome because I did this without knowing who the fuck she was, and my kids were in the fucking room. <laughs> Oh, Josh, you, you've gone. Oh, no. We've... Have I gone? Oh, you, you're there, but your signal's very rough. Ah. Oh. Uh... Oh, no, no, please don't say you've you've left. Can I... Josh, you still there? I still you. Oh my I god! This, I, I'm having Metal Gear Solid Two flashbacks when Colonel, the automated Colonel's um, codex starts corrupting. That's what I'm all hearing. Oh god! Oh, I can I might come back. My back. All right, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. We will. We will uh, we'll try and carry on as uh, as best as we can while he's um, reattempting uh, reattempting that. Oh, that's so weird, you know. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of got half of what he was, uh, what he was saying there. So I'm assuming that was to do with a, um, a certain model or something like that. Oh God! All right, okay, we'll try it again. Um, Take two. Okay, so I think after the a little bit of um technical difficulties and because he mentioned the pawn josh is back excuse me it's not because i mentioned the pawn it's because hitomi tanaka's spirit fucked with us (laughs) yes yes that's what we call it now her spirit yeah but man i i i just remember going at somebody said oh if you want to really look at lady dimitrescu the the inspiration for lady dimitrescu I was like, yeah, go on then. Oh, look up Hitomi Tanaka, Lady Dimitrescu again. Really? Who's this chick? And my mate went, yeah. <laughs> just, just have a look. Are you in work? I was like, dude, I work from home. Yeah, look it up. I thought, okay. <laughs> my son just went, what are you doing, Dad? I said, I'm just looking up this character. Typed it in, came up. I was like, go away. <laughs> oh god. Oh. You- yeah, don't look it. Don't look it up if you're in work for Christ's sake. Just, but, but you're welcome. Do you know? I remember years ago, someone I worked with, and yeah, you know, this is this is going slightly off track, but I thought this was this was worth mentioning. 
Someone I work with, he left his phone um, on the desk and uh, his phone had been ringing and um, I think he was in the toilet or something. So um, obviously I didn't pick up the phone, but I, 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 you know, I grabbed the phone and I was going to take it to him. The call ended and as the call finished, um, the, like, the screen came on. So he hadn't locked the phone and um, yeah. Oh, I can see where this is going already. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, it it was um, it was a, it was a weird, like, for lack of a better term, it was basically like eight or nine, quite um, heavily breasted women, all gathered around together, and um, you know, all having a go at this one skinny bloke. Was it a hentai? No, it wasn't a hentai. This was um, actual uh, live-action porn. Um, but do you know what, though? Because obviously the screen had obviously lit up, but the, there was no volume. But obviously the video was quite quite clear of uh, what it quite was. Quite graphic. So, um, so out of respect, I just literally clicked the phone um, to obviously to, to the lock screen. I put the phone back down and... Um, I just walked away from said phone. And then my mate, when he came back to the desk, he picked the phone up and you could suddenly see the look of horror in his eyes. He went, I didn't leave my phone here. Um, it's like, yeah, of course you, you did. Jesus. I said, your phone was ringing. I said, but obviously um, you weren't around. I was just wondering what the noise was. He went, he went, you didn't pick up. I said, no, no. I said, I didn't answer the call. He went, all right. You need Jesus. Oh, he, he, he needs he needs a lock for his door. Let's just put it that way. Um, who oh. knows what could have been walking into? Oh no! No, that, no. Could, that could have been why he had to go to the bathroom, though. You know. Oh no! I I I, I uh, no. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the things you tell me that cannot really honestly shock you. No, it doesn't. Honestly, it doesn't. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, do you know what we? we I've got we got to mention it because there has been a lot of media that has been made available this week, and I know that you really want to mention this bit. And you know, I will let you, for a bit, lack of better words, I'll let you have the power. Oh, thank you. See that this is why I said that you are quite weird. <laughs> I, oh. I don't even. I'm glad that the camera's off. Let's just put it that way. Yes, I, I I have a t-shirt and my I'm in my, in my boxer shorts at the moment. <laughs> but come come on, you you I know you're dying to talk about it. Oh, dude, I've been waiting for um some kind of tease with this ever since um the Fat Man Beyond uh, episode where Kevin and Mark Bernardin said that um, they've always complained that uh, they don't get a show, and then they said uh, we got a show. And nobody could have guessed that the show that they were talking about would be um, Masters of the Universe. You know, it, it, when you think of Kevin Smith and and you know Fatma Beyond, you know Jane, Silent Bob, nothing like He Man and the Masters of the Universe comes into play. Nothing, not even fucking once. It never even entered my mind. And I'm a massive Kevin Smith viewers fan. Um, so. I've been following it for a while, and yesterday, 
we got um, the drop of the artwork from Powerhouse, the same guys who do Castlevania. And it got a lot of shit. Um, it got so much shit, especially from um, two certain YouTubers um, who um, I won't mention on here because I do actually, I'm a, I am actually quite a fan of them um, with Clownfish TV. Oops. There was um, no, no mention from your friend Eric, was there? I'm not even bothered to watch him because fuck Eric Voss. Um, but I, I watch Clownfish TV and um, Neon and Geeky Sparkles, are, I, I follow them on Twitter. I like their stuff. It's just they go too hard on Kevin and, you know, rightfully so because some of the stuff he has said over Mass of the Universe has been, what are you allowed to say? What has Mattel and Netflix told you you can't say, can say? And, you know, he's had to play by their rules, you know, rightfully so. Um, and with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, I can understand Geeky Sparkles and Neon the way they go at it because of the problems we had with. Uh, oh, we're gonna get shit for this now, you know, when we were talking about this. Um, Shira and the Princesses of Power. Now, this was a series that had its own agenda, and it made it obliterately um so that this tv series had an agenda and anybody who watched it was like wow um holy shit and kevin smith just went hold my blunt <laughs> and when we were introduced to the um the soundtrack of the transformation sequence from adam to he-man and I heard uh, Chris Wood, who was in Supergirl and also is uh, Melissa Benoist's uh, husband. Um, when he says, uh, by the power of Grayskull, I thought it was the weakest fucking bit of voice acting I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I, just, I, I even voiced my opinion uh, to Kevin directly saying that was weak. It's not meant to be a question like, uh, can I go to the toilet, please? You know, it, it's meant to be a call to arms, you know, by the power of Grayskull. You know, that's how we all remember it. You know, Adam summoning the powers, not just, can I go to the toilet, please? Uh, just a question. You know, it, it was it was it was pitiful because it starts off going by the power of Grace. It's like, fuck off, dude. By now, you'd have been you'd been run through by Skeletor and Havoc stuff. He would have run you through and used you for his fucking bitch boy, literally. And it was just. You know, the, the soundtrack, I, I, I needed drums. I needed, you know, an epic orchestral score. And don't get me wrong, the um, the gentleman in question who's doing the soundtrack, um, a lot of people will know who he is. Oh, would this, would this be a certain uh, Bear McCreary? It is indeed Bear McCreary. Same yes. guy who did the Constantine soundtrack. Same guy who's done a lot of fucking soundtracks um, in his illustrious score. He even done, uh, I think, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He done the soundtrack for the uh, 2018 God of War game as well. And that was a beautiful soundtrack. Um, hasn't he done scores for... Um, he's done Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That's he's correct. done Outlander. Oh, yeah. Um, Child's Play. Walking Dead as well. Battlestar Walk Galactica. Yep. Um, what else? He's, he's, done a, he's done a lot of Black Sails. I know he's done Black Sails because a lot of people have mentioned Black Sails. So he has come up on quite a few things. He's basically... When you look, because he actually has put together quite a few 
pieces of music for quite a lot of TV and film. He's trying to, uh, you know, he's trying to become like the next big, like go-to person, you know. And yeah, um, he, oh, what's what's his try- name? The the guy, the the one who does um, done like the Man of Steel soundtrack and uh, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, yeah. He's he's kind. He's trying to give him a run for his money almost. It's not going to happen. No, but come on. He's um, there's quite a few things there. It's it's when I heard this when I heard the piece of music I just thought it, it's it's lacking mm. and it and it and it did lack and everybody else was like oh my god that's fantastic and so again <laughs> we know you we know you're just trying to you know uh, suckle the tits of you know one Mr Kevin Smith and I said I thought that's you know that's fine you know but if you're a fan you're allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to think something sucks. You're allowed to think, you know, if you don't like it, you are allowed. And the problem is people are so frightened of telling people that something sucks in case there's some kind of backlash. If only there was a podcast where you could talk about things that suck and not have to worry about the ramifications. Welcome to our world. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's, it's kind of the scenario where... Nobody wants to tell him it sucks. And I went directly onto Twitter going, it sucks. <laughs> and Chris Wood's, Chris Wood's um, voice direction um, with, you know, the, the, the by the power of Grayskull needs fucking work. I you know, thought it's, it's... you were going to say that Chris Wood actually messaged you. Oh, I, I, I would love him to message me and saying, why did you think it sucked? And I'd be telling him, I said, did you actually watch any of the original source material? <laughs> did you watch any of the original TV series where, you know, even just in the beginning, you know, um, fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my sword and said, and there's the switch, <laughs> by the power of Skull. It's a call to action. It's not a question to go to the fucking toilet. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got to have some, um, some, you know, you've got to have some power behind it. You've got to have some kind of oomph behind it. Otherwise, it just sounds shit. And it did. It sounded shit. And even coupled with Bear McCreary's um, soundtrack, it sounded bad. And I, I wanted some more orchestra. It's supposed to be a transformation. It's supposed to sound like a fucking transformation. No, it just sounded like a gallop, like we were watching another episode of a shit Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> can, can I just say that there is something that I do want to have a moan about when it comes to this series. And uh, actually, no, two things. One, we we know that Kevin Smith has a lot of friends in the business. You know, he doesn't make a secret of that. And so a lot of the people that are involved in this show are people that he's quite close to. Um, You know, Chris Wood, obviously, because of all the work he's done with Supergirl and a lot of the um, Arrowverse shows. Um, Jason Mewes, obviously, because Jason Mewes has to be there. Justin Long, okay, another obvious one. But then you look at some of the people he has on there, though. It's quite unexpected. Lena Headey is going to be Lena. in the show. You know, that's that's a that's a good bit of casting. I, that's I quite a good like fucking, and yeah. she's a good pull for Evil um, when you see her when you when you when you, when you hear her as Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. Mm. That's pretty much Evil Lynn. Kevin Conroy, Batman himself. As Merman, I never <laughs> expected that. <laughs> now, do you know what? If anything. Kevin Conroy would have been perfect for He-Man. Oh, come don't. on! You can hear the tone already. Yeah, you know, I am Knight. I am no wrong series. Um, I, <laughs> no. I am He-Man. Yeah, <laughs> he's, his voice is too 
cinematic as Batman to be anything else other than Batman. I mean, I don't know why would you cast Batman as fucking Merman, you know? And it's just what are you doing? But and, and okay, this is the other bit I've got a I've got a pick a bone about. Um, now you think a revival of such a beloved show, something that's got a lot of people very excited, and there's only going to be five episodes releasing. On the twenty third of July, when the first part comes on, and then the second yeah. part of another five episodes. To me, if they're ten really good episodes, fair enough. But that just seems like such a a weird thing to go. Yeah, we've only got five episodes coming on. I'll just say, Rick and Morty fans got really royally pissed off when they were only given five episodes after years of waiting. Will, will we see the same again with Masters of the Universe Revelation when they go, uh, wait, wait, we only got five episodes of this? And we've got to wait well, how long? I think it's one is to do with the situation with COVID-19. The other thing is, as well, um, when everybody's working from home as well, everything takes a bit longer. Now, I'm all for quality over quantity. Yeah, no, I get that. You look at Mandalorian. We had eight episodes in the first series, and it was glorious. No one is going to top something like that. No, it's never going to happen. But with Master of the Universe Revelations, five episodes in part one, five episodes part two. Now, quality over quantity, yeah, I'm all for. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know... Kevin will continuously say, you know, I did Clerks, and that's the thing. He's wait, he he's made more clerks? known. He made Clerks. He did oh, wow. indeed, yeah. And you know, even next, thing you, go, own, next thing you can tell it, me, he made Clerks too as well. He did indeed, and he's Holy working shit. on Clerks. He's he's working on fucking uh, was it Clerks three, Mole Rats two. Wait, wait, he's doing a Clerks three. Yeah. Wow. Um, Where's he getting his ideas from? <laughs> who knows these days I mean this, that man smokes it's about just, the same amount of weed that's just me. one of my favourite bits on the Big Bang Theory when he goes oh, I'm making this new film it's completely different to anything I've done before it's called Clerks 3 that was just that really did crack me up when that when he was on there and he'd done that joke I was like yeah of course he did but it's <laughs> it, it's it's to the point now where Harley Quinn is even in um, her uh, TV series and she keeps going want to watch Clerks I'm thinking your dad gave you that line didn't he um <laughs> The one thing with this show, I think, has got going for. I mean, I would never have put Chris Wood in uh, Adam or He-Man. Never. Not once. He's no offense to Chris Wood at all. I like him for what he does in Supergirl, but he's not a good actor. Do you know what? They could take the existing voice actors and really like mix it up. Justin Long as Adam and then Kevin Conroy's He-Man. Ooh, I can see it, but... <laughs> If you heard Kevin Conroy's voice, the first thing you do is go, Batman's in this shit? And that's not what they want. I, um, I, I and um, Okay, can we just make another point as well? Mark Hamill. Hamill, a skeletal. skeletal. <laughs> that's just fantastic fucking casting. And the original voice of Skeletor, Alan Oppenheimer, is in this series as well. Yes, he is. As Mossman. Hmm. Now, Alan Oppenheimer has got a hell of um, a list 
of voice acting uh, degree about him. And the, the guy is an absolute fucking legend. Um, you know, he was Falcor in The NeverEnding Story. Um, he was in the original Filmation's Ghostbusters. He was in Black Star. Oh. You know, this is this is a guy who's had a very lengthy um, TV series. You know, Mighty Mouse, He-Man, and the Master of the Universe, Prince Valiant. I mean, these are just fucking amazing TV series. He's in Brave Star. Um, he's in oh god, what's it called? Um, I can't remember the name of it now. Fuck, never mind. Um, but yeah, uh, can I He-Man. Just, can I just say I just, I. Just obviously, um, had to look up about Alan Oppenheimer. He's ninety-one years old, and he's still acting. And you know, to to have such a extensive career, is he is he even going to be in the new Space Jam film as well? Yes. So like, wow, that's a yeah, that's a hell of a hell of a body of work going on there. When you see, you know, someone that could just go, yeah, um, yeah, we still we still got parts for you. You know, we don't want you to give up just yet. We've got plenty. Of work for you to, fucking hell! I didn't re- I didn't realize he was in that was him in Adventure Time. Yeah, Darren the Ancient Sleep. I didn't realize that was him. Wow, Jesus Christ! The, like I said, the man has got a legendary um, film repertoire of mm. voice acting. Um, you know, so far from what IMDb says about him, because uh, so, I'm on it now. Um, you know, he's in every episode as Mossman. So. You know the the man's got a fucking prowess with his voice. I mean, Toy Story Four, Old Timer. Uh, he's in Fallout Four, Fall of Grayskull, Adventure Time, Foxcatcher, just to name a few. For fuck's sake, the list of the stuff he's been in is just endless. God of War Two, he's Prometheus. I mean, come on, this man is a living legend, and he's still living and being a legend. Um, what more can you say? Um, with the Master of the Universe Revelations, with the images we got, He-Man on Battle Cat was just fucking phenomenal. It looked amazing. Skeletor looked like he never missed a day at the gym. Neither did He-Man. <laughs> Tila looked like she was thach. I mean, she was properly thach. Uh, like a Welsh with thick and with a capital fucking K that's repeated. And people got pissed especially clownfish tv who got fucking pissed that um her boobs had disappeared her arms had gotten massively muscly and everything like that about it and it didn't look like teal anymore because oh she's got the shaved side head parting and i thought how far of a timeline is it between these pictures where you see her in her first (laughs) in her outfit from the original series to her combat gear in another picture and i'm thinking you know Everybody's okay to dislike something. You're, you know, you're you're allowed to dislike it. You're allowed to like it. But at least watch the thing mm. before you completely this, slam it against the wall. Because this is what this is what I'm hearing that this is pretty much a full-on sequel series to the '80s cartoon. It picks so, up directly after it ends. So that's going to be. I think that's going to be exciting. But what I think Netflix are missing a trick. Why not bring the original 80s He-Man onto Netflix? It's on there already. Oh, was it? Yeah, so was She-Ra. Oh, fucking hell, there you go. There goes my research. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I, I completely forgot about Castlevania until Thursday morning when I got the email through. Castlevania is now available to watch on Netflix. Would you like to watch it now? Yes, I fucking would. Yes. Um, 
Naughty, naughty. How, how we forget these things. I know, but yeah. the, the only thing that's not on Netflix that I'm not happy about is the film um, Secret of the Sword. Uh, I, I, do you know what? Um, what was on the other day? It was the Masters of the Universe movie with Dolph Lundgren. Still a great fucking bit it of film. It is so film. cheesy, but my God, it's so good. When you think that they ran out of money halfway through filming <laughs> and they just went, how are we going to do this? I know, we'll go to Earth. And literally then nearly all the film is filmed in it on Earth. And it's like, what a great fucking idea. Because Golden Globus went fucking ball ache up afterwards. You know, the entire company folded. Um, so it was like, oh, we were never going to get a sequel, even though Skeletor at the end goes, I'll be back. You're like, no, motherfucker, you ain't going nowhere. You were still stuck in Castle Grayskull at the bottom of the pit, like some kind of fucking Emperor Palpatine who you think's going to come back, but you ain't coming back. What I really love about Master of the, uh, Masters of the Universe is Dolph Lundgren, he basically, after being in Rocky Four, they just went, right, this guy... This guy's the next action hero. We need to give him some big film parts. We need to give him the movies that, you know, we don't want to pay someone like Arnie $10 million or we want to pay this guy half a million and we'll still get a good performance out of him. So that's how that's how it kind of went. You know, he was given that. Um, and Joe, you know I love Dolph Lundgren. One, one of my favourite people I've ever actually met in real life as well. Such such a gentleman, actually. Um mm. But, you know, it wasn't just Masters of the Universe. The Punisher as well. I mean, the the, the 1989 Punisher is a bad film. There's no, there's no two ways about it. It is a bad movie. But I'll tell you one film that I did enjoy that he was in, and that was Red Scorpion. I think that's the only action film that you can say that Dolph Lundgren has been in that was actually, you know, good. Well, um, first Expendables. Is... That was good. <sighs> This is this is why you know yeah but you can say Expendables was a uh, an Avengers esque type film because you had a lot of heavy hitters in it that were popular and you're talking like thirty to forty fucking years later um, with Dolph in his prime let's say in his prime back then yeah um, he was in some hit and miss films um, Master of the Universe I don't care what anybody fucking says it's not a miss it's a fucking hit it is still a cult classic to this date. And it is still a guilty pleasure. Yes, it grossed 17 million on a budget of 22. Oh, so it lost I forgot a about this million. one. I forgot about this one. Retrograde. Oh, that, we don't, I don't. I think we was, can actually miss that one. That was um, that was to be seen to be believed. Let's just put it that way. I'm just looking back through his filmography now, and yeah, my god, the the amount of things that you forget. And do you know what? He's his very first film role. I always forget he was in View to a Kill. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that was his first film part. You know, and that's that's incredible when you look back at it now. You go, really? That's where that's where it all began. Ah, see, see, we we have um, you know, we 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 have some questions um, and. And I also forget that he's a director. You know, you look at... He's actually directed himself in some movies. Um, not not good movies. Let's, uh, let's, be, you, let's be fair to the guy. <laughs> do you know that Dolph Lundgren has a master's degree in chemical engineering? I do indeed. Um, 
That's a hell of a fucking thing to, and he's got a one sixty IQ. Yes, and even better. Do you? Well, not even better, really. Do you know what? Do you know what his real first name is? Um, Hans. Ha, yeah, some, yeah. I'm thinking then. Yeah, it's Hans, isn't it? Hans. Yes. And one of his Dolph. first jobs was as a bodyguard for Grace Jones. Yeah. Yep, I knew See? I knew that. I love I that. little things like that. I love learning little bits and pieces. You know I've met Chris I've met Chris Jones. Ah, slave to the rhythm. Oh man, she's she, that's a woman. <laughs> uh, right, moving on. Um, <laughs> I thought it was like one of his yes, that's a woman. Oh no, she, that, that, trust me, dude. Uh, I grew up with Grace Jones in Conan the the, the Destroyer and Vamp. Oh and my god! I fell in love with I fell in love with that woman. I, the, when I when I saw her live in Cardiff because she was doing the concert for everybody at the last name Jones. Yeah. Oh my god, the woman's <laughs> she's 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 just a in in, in in any kind of crossword puzzle it says heavenly body. I try to fit in Grace Jones. <laughs> Because I, I, I any any kind of feminist listening to this now is like, yes, I've been in love with Grace Jones for fucking decades, and the woman is still a literal man. It's like if God, had, you know, Odin had um, carved her out of just pure marble. She's a she's a phenomenal human being. Um, anyway, moving on because I'm not getting any more forward with this. <laughs> and I think got to mention this, and this was definitely a highlight this week. The we finally got the trailer for Venom. Let there be carnage. I've not laughed so much in my entire life. And so good. And do you know what? Because um, someone, someone I know, we were talking about it the other day, and he was very critical over the trailer. He was saying, "Well, why are they still doing all the jokey side of things?" And I said, "I said, look, I said, if you have a film that earns over eight hundred million dollars, you keep up with the and- funny." Yo, if you realise that that's what people are going to buy into, you do it again. Because that's where the money's coming from. Yeah. If if they'd done that and they went, oh, it what didn't work out too well, we wouldn't have Venom 2. They would have just said, fuck it. Let's put Venom back into Spider-Man. Let's, let's um, have him in the MCU. But no, they won't do that now because they realise that there is money to be made from the spin-off. And they're like, yeah, do you know what? Tom Hardy done a good job. You know, that was the best person-on-person acting with yourself since Michael Fassbender and Michael Fassbender in Alien Covenant. There we go. It's it's. Although no line will ever beat from Alien Covenant. Um, was it? Yes, you blow I'll and I'll do the fingering. I'll do the fingering. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's just it's it's cringe. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. the The trailer itself was great when they. Um, what I class as the um, the student the student apartment, and Venom is the messiest of the fucking housemates. Um, it, uh, I just couldn't stop fucking laughing when he goes ketchup, yummy, oh, absolutely hysterical. Because uh, or, or when he goes t- when it goes into the convenience store, that that was so good. You're saying, "Oh, Mrs. Chen," it's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, you you genius." And when he gets all antsy because she's forgotten the um, the chocolate delivery because yes. that's his payment for protection. Yes, what are you going to do? We're going to eat her. No, we're not going to eat Mrs. Chen. What? Nothing. Well, nothing. <laughs> it's just great. And uh, then it got ripped apart by certain people because people were like, oh, where's the carnage symbiote come from? Oh, it was in the injection. 
No, it wasn't. It was already in him to begin with. The symbiote stopped the lethal injection from going in. What? And it was... No, can't God. wait. I was just going to say, what I really like is that... You know, from some of the... Because, you know, comics always have different iterations and whatever else. I like that they kind of playing in with the whole the whole idea of blood being part of the um, the mixture with the symbiote as well. So, literally, Carnage does look just grotesque and looks very, very messy, really, for, for what a symbiote Rotten. should be. Rotten, I think, is yeah. one word that was going around. It looks like he's rotting. Yeah. And, you know, it goes in line with the character of Cletus Cassidy because, you know, he is supposed to be such a, well, for, for lack of better words, he is an absolute cunt. He's one of the worst people in Marvel history. You know, before even having the symbiote, you know, this is a guy who, as a mass murderer, who just killed for the absolute joy of it, has no mm. soul, has no conscience. He just does what he wants and he has no remorse for his actions. And then to be given something of pure hate, like Carnage Symbiote, and then when that comes together, holy fuck, this is basically one of the biggest evils in Marvel. And to finally see him on the big screen, and being played by Woody Harrelson, who, don't get me wrong, Woody Harrelson is like a fucking chameleon. He can do such great acting, whether it's comedy, whether it's drama, action, horror... This is the guy you get when you want a performance that's going to stand out. And I'm one thing I'm really glad they got rid of that fucking wig because that was that was um that was a bit it, much. It was it was quite comedic, yes. Mm. But um I will say this with with Cletus Casty and Carnage um it's it's always been a weird pairing because obviously with Eddie and Venom or Eddie and the Symbiote I should say um they're two separate personalities that's why they always refer to themselves as we are venom because mm. cassidy is so much like the symbiote that bonds with him because they're so in tune they don't say we they say i because they literally the the the, the symbiote that bonds with him is so malicious i think is the right word or malevolent and so malcontent yeah. that it it thrives on carnage it thrives on murder it thrives on killing that's why it bonds so well with cletus yeah. cassidy they are basically he's the... in tune with each other yeah so he refers to himself as i and not we like eddie and venom do uh which is again incredibly fucking creepy and also amazing at the same time because that means that he's more stronger than venom and they've never denied that fact they've always said that carnage is the more stronger symbiote than venom that's why venom has always had to team up with spider-man he mm. even actually teamed up with spider-man in the comic books to take carnage yeah. down because and he he knew yeah maximum carnage is still one of my favorite comic book storylines of all time because yeah. you know we had spider-man you know one of the uh one of the most popular superheroes of all time we had Venom, who was then you know, a relatively new villain. But this was a villain who basically was like, Joe, you know this is the anti-Spider-Man. This is the character that goes, right, Joe, you know I'm going to just fuck you up. You know, This is someone who was able to top Spider-Man on almost every level that he mm -hmm. would normally operate on. And then to have a character who then kind of is the next 
evolution along almost. And, you know, he's able to be stronger than Spider-Man and Venom combined. It's like, my God, you know, and it's, you know, and it's a character that is just completely unhinged. Whereas Eddie Brock was more just this, this guy who was angry with what had happened to his life. He wasn't a psychopath. This was just a guy who honestly used the symbiote to go, right, I'm going to, you know, get what I want now. But it wasn't ever to be like, you know, this, this, um, complete evil piece of shit. He just done, he just used the symbiote to, you know, to get what he thought he deserved. Whereas Cletus Cassidy is just like, yep, I'm, I'm basically here to fuck things up. And if you get in my way, you're going to get fucked as well. Hmm. Eddie wanted to be, he wanted to fight injustice. He wanted to be the hero. He wanted to be Spider-Man. And, um, in this lethal protector, you kind of see that side of Eddie come out. He wants to be the good guy, you know, and that's great. Maximum carnage fucks that all to the wind. Mm. And it's like, holy hell. Um, when you had the introduction of the new symbiotes as well, I know in the new one, we've seen toxin because Mulligan's in it. And the, the girl you see in Ravenscroft is, is it shriek? That's correct. I think somebody said, "Oh, it's Scream." I was like, "No, no that's shriek. no way. That's that Scream was in the first film because she died because mm. it was the uh, the yellow symbiote." Um, I'm fucking saying it from the first one. Symbiote, symbiote. Um, yeah, it's it's Shriek, and I know, like I said, Toxin's been hinted at, and I know we've been led down the garden path by saying, oh, Spider-Man's been hinted uh, to appear in uh, Venom, and everybody's going, oh, no, he's not, no, he's not. Okay, here's how I'm guessing he will be hinted, because we've seen the Daily Bugle Hmm. in this universe now. So if you have a Daily Bugle, there must be a Peter Parker. So... I do you know what and this is I think this is one of the big things when Spider-Man Far From Home had come out and then there was this whole issue with Disney and Sony when they were going uh, yeah um you know we, we want to make a third Spider-Man movie with you but you know um we want more money for it oh no no we want more I tell you what just watch the the pitch meeting video for the Spider-Man rights and, and that basically tells you in three minutes what they were probably going through within them two months of discussions. Because like, mm. no, no, I want the more money. We'll see, there lies the problem, because I would actually like more money. Ah, so you're making this awkward. It's like, you know, that was it. And I think in that time, because that was when Venom 2 was basically being written, Sony were probably going, oh, we're going to get him back. Yeah, we can do, we can do Spider-Man in this movie. And I honestly reckon if the rights had been cancelled there and then, we would have had an, a full-on Maximum Carnage movie. I don't think there was any doubt about it. We would have had Maximum Carnage if that hadn't happened. But let's just say we, we also have another big question mark in the midst of this uh, this Sony collection of Marvel characters because we mm. have, at some point, Morbius, which is due to come out. And whether or not people are really looking forward to it, there are going to be unquestionably ties to the MCU because we know for definite Michael Keaton is in it as Adrian Toomes, a.k.a. the Vulture. Whether or not this is a Vulture who is from another dimension or not, 
we know that basically it's the same actor who played the character in the MCU. So there is undoubtedly going to be ties to it. But are they going to be very loose and fast? Are they going to be actually grounding that side to make it part of the MCU? And then they're going to go, right, well, actually Spider-Man can now go into that side of it. We don't know. It's it's a very complicated, very weird, and very strange way of trying to expand this universe. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's with with Morbius. You've got to. Morbius is a bridge to a lot of avenues, because with Morbius comes not just um, Spider-Man and that kind of side of things, um, Sinister Six, Sinister Six, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but you've got the other side of it, and you mentioned Morbius. You've got to mention Blade. Oh, yes. And now, th- 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 this is what I was thinking. Sorry, just before you continue, this is what I was kind of hoping before the Morbius film was fully realized. I honestly was hoping that if there was going to be a Blade MCU film, that Morbius was going to be part of it. And this kind of nah opens it up even more, in my opinion. That's right. So, continuing. And you're right, it does open it up even more. Because once you've, obviously, like I said, Morbius is the bridge. And this now opens it up to a lot more. So with Morbius, you introduce Blade. With Blade, you've got other things. Um, Now, there was a comic book series very long time ago for all you fuckers listening. Um, All you young'uns listening who think you know everything. But trust me, you don't know shit. Um, there was a series called The Rise of the Midnight Suns. Now, if you so happen to peruse Netflix and find a film called Blade Trinity, there's a character in it called Hannibal King, played by the ever-wonderful, amazing, sultry, sexy Ryan Reynolds, whose aviation gene is wonderful, by the way, and that is not a plug. Um, owns Wrexham football team in Wales, by the way. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Um, Now, Hannibal King was a vampire-turned-vampire-hunter, and he was part of the Midnight Suns. So, in Rise of the Midnight Suns, you had Ghost Rider. Now, from what I've been told, Ghost Rider has got a part in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And yes, Eric Voss... I'm sure your boy Mephisto is going to be in it. No, no, because Mephisto is actually going to be in Ghost Rider's outfit. That's what it's going to be. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking dickhead. I reckon we're not going to get get, uh, Mephisto. I reckon it's going to be Blackheart or um, Legion. I still want Nightmare. I still want Nightmare as well. Because Nightmare Nightmare would be so, so good to see in the MCU. Um, I, I I don't think... Mephisto is going to be. Uh, I want to. I, I don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Peter Fonda come back as Mephisto, but we can't. Um. So I. I don't think Marvel MCU is going to go down the route of Mephisto. 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 Yes, Eric Voss. Mephisto. You can. Yeah, I was just about to say the the Peter Fonda thing might be a bit difficult, but you know. Yeah, because because you know. We're not really good. I mean, that would that be very of... frightening if they went, oh, Peter Fonda's on the set. 
but he's, yeah, and I, he, I mean, like, he died that, two years ago. I was going to say, any dead? <laughs> yeah. Are we got a voodoo doctor in the house? But if you watch Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage, you understand why I say Peter Fonda's Mephisto because he played Mephisto really fucking well. Yes. Um, and I, I, I don't don't get me wrong. Um, I'd I would love to see Peter Fonda, but unfortunately, like I said, we can't. Um, I with Mephisto, I had an actor in mind I would like to see play Mephisto, and. It was Christopher Walken. Oh, jeez! No, come on, no, <laughs> no. Sorry, that was more. That was more. Um, oh no, that 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 was that was more John Travolta. That one. It was. It was like I, uh, I don't know why, but you know, imagine. Oh, jeez! I might try to take over the world. Oh man! But it was. It was like. Uh, you know that kind of fucking. Way, way, way. Or it was either going to be Christopher Walken. Or the man with the most expressive face ever. Willem Dafoe? Is Willem Dafoe. I would love to see Willem Dafoe come back in the MCU as Mephisto. Because just to get away from the Green Goblin. Unless he he is actually Green Goblin in the new Spider-Man movie. He's not. He's not. Uh, there's no possible way. I don't think he would ever will be but because saying that, you know, Alfred Molina's confirmed he's back as Doctor Octopus, which I don't understand. Which, but I don't understand yeah, how fucking Sam Raimi. I will say I, that has thrown me because he's he claiming himself. Yeah, but he's claiming he's basically the same Doctor Octopus as he was in Spider-Man Two, and that they've CGI'd him to you no. know. Make him I, I, I'm I'm calling bullshit on that because I, at the end, but by the by the end of the film, by the end of Spider-Man Two, he's redeemed himself. Yeah, he's realised what he's done. Joe, you know what I want, I want it to be basically an alternative version of the same Doctor Osborne. So, you know, because obviously, you know, we're playing about with the multiverse and going into Phase Four. I want it to be a multiverse where, say, you know, Doctor Octopus actually won. He destroyed half of New York. And in that timeline, he killed his Spider-Man. That's what I want. I want that because that just gives so much more to him than being a big threat going forward. You're looking at the... Um, was it the... Super- it's not Superior Spider-Man, is no, it? No, no, uh... no, not Superior Spider-Man. No, no, no. I'm not saying that he's taken over the Spider-Man's body, no. Oh, um, right, okay. No, I want it to be basically play out the events of Spider-Man 2 from 2004 so you know he's got this whole he's got the whole jet the whole like what's it called like the sun device thing um he's got that all up and running but instead of spider-man actually stopping him bringing him back to his senses he's still snapped um destroys half of new york the spider-man in that universe is killed and then all of a sudden he gets pulled from that universe into the mcu that's what I'd like to see. And same with Jamie Foxx, you know. I don't want it to be the Jamie Foxx Electro oh. from Amazing Spider-Man 2 because no one wants that. But I want Nobody it to be the more that. I want it to be the more competent one who, you know, okay, that, that you know, that's saying that I want him to be in the green spandex pretty much. But I want him to be the Electro that we know, the menacing one. But again, I want it to be the one who kills Spider-Man, you know, I want it to be the one who's actually been victorious, and then he gets plucked from his universe, and then you know, fuck it, Mephisto does it, I don't know, but uh, that's what I want, I want to see a storyline where 
you know, there's got to be a reason why Doctor Strange is being brought into this. And I want it to be that the universes are kind of collapsing in on themselves. So that's why we've got all these villains from these previous movies. Because they're basically the versions of these villains that won. And they're now being brought together to defeat... But they'll come up with some bullshit saying, you know, this Peter Parker, this Spider-Man is the ultimate Spider-Man. You know, this is the one who, you know, be all the end all. This is the one that has to win. Otherwise, you know, the universes are fucked. That's what well, I want to see. Tom Holland is pretty much the ultimate yeah, Spider-Man. Because exactly. Samuel L. Jackson is the ultimate, is Nick, the Fury. ultimate Nick Fury. Yeah, and that's what I, I don't like. Understand how, I don't understand how people are still not fucking getting that. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't Nick Fury white. Yes, he was in... The yes. Earth yes. 613, I think. But do, but do you want David Hasselhoff to play him? No. No. Fuck no. <laughs> I mean, let's but face it. But part of me would like thing... to see him do that if there was like a multiverse no. thing. No. Just... The only thing from David Hasselhoff we need is him back on the Gardens of the Galaxy 3 soundtrack, and that's where he should fucking stay. Ah, <laughs> uh, but come on. Wouldn't you just think, like, just for a very quick peek in the multiverse of madness, you know... They go into some random universe, and it is David Hasselhoff as that version's Nick Fury. And then just for just for a laugh, you know, because you always used to hear about these castings that were going around for the MCU from years ago. Imagine if just for a very quick shot, you had Tom Cruise as Iron Man in that universe. Oh my god! Just just for just for like the almost like the blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. Do you know what you're saying, Tom? Um, Tom Cruise now is Tony Stark. I would love to hear him as fucking Jarvis, but with the um, the Les Grossman personality. Kid, <laughs> oh yes. Can you oh, imagine it? Nice little deep cut from Tropic Thunder there. Absolutely, can you imagine it? They say Jarvis, you there? Yeah, I'm here, motherfucker! Oh my god, it'd be, I would be literally <laughs> on the floor. Or have um, Luis. As Jarvis, Jarvis, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. But, but, but let, let me tell you what happened. Oh my God. I would, I would literally love it. I'm still waiting for that, um, the Lewis recap of the MCU because they have filmed one. It, Paul, uh, Kevin Feige did say they'd filmed one, hmm. but it's never been released, and I need them to release it. Wouldn't it be great if they do it at the beginning of Black Widow? Oh. Uh, or release it as like a special little video about a week before Black Widow comes out. Oh, that'd be so good! Like uh, <laughs> we've been we've been away for a while, but they, 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 this was happened so far. If you've got two would, minutes, here we go. A two minutes, you like you've got a half hour. Here we go. I I would love it. I'd literally love it. <laughs> but with Doctor Strange, we will get back on track. Yes. With Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We know why Doctor Strange is involved. He is the Sorcerer Supreme. He is the guy that uh, protects um, our universe against the outside interferences of the Dark Dimension. This is why I'm, I've been trying to drill it into people's heads. This has got nothing to fucking do with Mephisto, but has everything to do with Dormammu. And, and yes, he will no longer be able to bargain. Yeah, he's not going to be able to bargain. Dormammu, I reckon, is the way they're going to go with this. And I know everybody's going, oh, but Kang the Conqueror, Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror deals with time. Mm. Right now, we're dealing with different dimensions, different multiverses. 
and that has everything to do with Dormammu. We've seen tiny tidbits of it in one division. No, nothing to do with fucking Mephisto. <laughs> and if you're listening, Eric Foss. We're going to keep hammering it into you until you realize that you may think you know it all by going onto Wikipedia. But guess what? You're missing the entire I, point. I love it, though, though, that every time something little is revealed by by Marvel, revealed by the MCU, you always have that one person that just goes, Mephisto? Mephisto. <laughs> I love it now. I love that that's become a meme because people are just like, every little tidbit, uh, Mephisto? Um, yeah. it's, like, it's like, uh, what was it? Um... So you, you share you share the link from we got this covered, <laughs> but but it was like the um uh, the end of um Falcon and Winter Soldier. One of my mates message saying um so so um so so how how comes um how comes John Walker is becoming this other character? And I just replied Mephisto, <laughs> just because I wanted to see the reaction. And they it's went all... and they went they went what the fuck's Mephisto got to do with it? I went no, it's a joke. It's, it's a it's literally a running gag because yeah. everybody seems to think everything is Mephisto. Mephisto. But can you and imagine if that was the ultimate troll when it turns out the big bad of say Phase Four and Phase Five of the MCU was actually Mephisto? Well, like it was Agatha all along yeah. type shit. Yeah, he gets his own theme tune as well. It was Mephisto all. At, no, I can't see it. I can't see it at all. I, 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 no, we can't do it because. Um, Oh wait! I'm, I'm going to get copyright struck. What am I talking about? Don't don't earn anything out of this podcast yet. Um, yeah, yeah. See if they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to use the monsters type fucking thing. I, I guarantee it will be more of the Adams family. Um, he's creepy and he's kooky. He looks like he's on fruity. Oh no, it's just going to be bad. It, it's I don't see them going the route of Mephisto. I just I just I I, I may be one side in it but i just don't see them going mephisto's route because yes he may be the you know he's the devil of the marvel cinematic universe but he's just too much of a bigger entity yeah. to cover yeah. in the space of a couple of years whereas dormammu has already been established mm. do, you know, do you know what i love though is that basically now for i reckon for at least the next year or two whenever a theory comes out about marvel straight away it's just going to be Mephisto. Um, even even now, if someone asks me about anything about Marvel, that's just what I really want to reply. And it's like, nope, delete that, delete that, because I've already used that joke in the last five minutes. Um, yeah. Oh, so uh, so um, yeah. So how does Blade fit into the MCU? Mephisto. Um, but that's it. That is just literally that is just literally my line there. For and I, I'm I I kind of had to avoid saying that. Um, a few days ago with my with my boss at work. I don't know what the... Conf- I can't remember what the exact conversation was. I had nothing to do comic book-wise. But he just said, oh, why is this like this? And I was just about to say Mephisto. I was like, no, don't say that. Um, don't say thing, Mephisto, he, he, you he might probably, get sacked. He probably, well, he probably wouldn't get that. Um, that'd be the funny thing. Hey, uh, yes, don't you fucking mention his name in this place. <laughs> Whose it's name? Just... Mephisto? <laughs> Mephisto? It's, it's just... You kind of want to turn uh, Eric Voss into a meme now. And I, I want to literally make him a meme where something goes wrong. Eric Voss is there going, Mephisto. It's like, fuck, dude. Uh, I know everybody's going to be, everybody listening to this now going, oh, God, the fuck is going on about Eric Voss again? It's like, but you don't understand. He literally drammed it and literally drowned and rammed it down people's throats for fucking weeks. Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto. And it had fucking 
nothing. He was literally a cat chasing a ghost mouse. Mm-hmm. And it just it didn't pan out for him, unfortunately. And I was like, yeah, we were wrong. I was like, wrong? Dude, you, you took your car and drove it into a fucking wall, Paul Walker style. <laughs> yes, I went there. Couldn't give a fuck. Right. Um, you know, it, it just, you just, you just, Drumming a dead horse. It's like Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto. Give me a break. <laughs> can, can we just also mention as well, talk about the MCU, that you know this whole thing with the poster for the new Loki series as well, because they obviously brought the date forward a couple of the days for for the premiere of Loki, and then mm. they just went, um, yeah, Joe, you know what we got this poster um, that we're going to show off. Um, you know, we've got basically we have Loki now as an agent as part of the TVA. Um, of the Time Variance Authority, which could be quite fun. And then, you know, we also see, you know, we, we see Owen Wilson again as um, Mobius M. Mobius, which uh such a great name still. Um, Gugu and Baffa Raw's um, Ravana, which mm-hmm. is another one. And then in the very um, animated form, we have Miss Minutes, who um, as, soon as, uh, as soon as that one came up, the amount of people posting oh what's this got to do with the show and um it's like hang on hang on so so we've got a character who basically has died so many times over he's escaped his own eventual death again with a cosmic cube gone to wherever he's been taken by these people that are pretty much like protectors of time and the one thing your question is about a fucking cartoon so why it's it's kind of the people who um, who argue about um, Spider Ham. Oh yes. In um, <laughs> into the Spider Verse again. Why is there a pig in it? It's like no, he was bitten by a pig. Yes. He was a spider bitten by a radioactive pig. No, that, that doesn't work. Yes, that's how it works. Yeah. No, seriously. Yes, that's why he's eating a hot dog in uh, in in his universe because he was a spider mm. bitten by a radioactive pig. Yeah. My hands are wet because I just washed my hands. No other reason. Yeah, we know what what he was doing. <laughs> um, and that's the kind of thing. It's like you can believe that there's a guy who gets bitten by a radioactive spider and swings around New York, calling himself Spider Man. But what you can't believe is that there's a a spider living in his own universe who gets bitten by a radioactive pig and turns into Spider Ham. You can't believe that part. Okay, I can't have a conversation with you anymore. Um, you know, it, it's that. And also, um, I'd like to jump on the bandwagon right now with uh, Clownfish and Geeky Sparkles and Neon and saying that if anybody is still willing to put up that uh, GoFundMe for a Spider Noir movie, I am so here for that. If it's animated. Oh, yeah, uh, with Nicolas Cage, the yes. voice coming back. Yes, I am so there for that. Yes, that's 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 the that's the stipulation there. I need I need Nicolas Cage back. Like I need Nicolas Cage back for Ghost Rider, not the second one we had with Spirit of Vengeance, the original one, because the second film was just fucking god awful. But, but ain't it funny though when you look at the second film? They had such good actors in that movie as well, you know, and they absolutely wasted Idris Elba and Christopher Lambert as well. Oh, 100%. The the story was awful. The animation, you know, the the CGI on it was awful. The it was just so far from what we had in the first film. It's like the first film was great. That was everything you wanted from Ghost Rider. That was everything that was fucking Ghost Rider, even down to the motorcycle, uh, the health or the health cycle. And yet they completely just fucking ruined it. It's like why is his skull black? <laughs> 
<laughs> Why is it charred? Why does it look like it's been dipped in tar? What did you do? Yeah. Um, Joe, as um, let's uh, let's keep the um, the fun facts coming in. So you mentioned Ghost Rider, and then obviously it's um, it's much much poorer sequel, the uh, Spirit of Vengeance. Spirit of Vengeance. Now here's some interesting facts. So Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance was released four and a half years after the first Ghost Rider movie. Um, yes. Not so much considered a sequel, but a spin-off slash spiritual sequel. Whereas um, you know they basically just said, right, well we're going to have it in a different different way. We're going to have it in a different mold because um, we didn't like how it was done the first time round. Um, the budget was only two thirds of what the first movie was given. So, you know, obviously they were already working with a lot less. Um, they, they they wasted Blackout, one of my favourite villains in Marvel, someone who I was really looking forward to seeing brought into the into the film universe. No, obviously that didn't work out. Um, mm. And then if you look at the casting, just as I already mentioned, Christopher Lambert, Idris Elba, and then also Anthony Head, is just wasted in that movie. Kieran Hines is just wasted in that film. It's god awful. And even and even funnier, let's just um let's just go by the uh, the screenplay. Now, the screenplay was written by David S. Goyer, who um Blade I, two. I would I would rather you know Apart from one good superhero movie he did make, um, anything he normally touches is uh, is quite Trash. bad. And uh, but you know what? I remember when he said, "Oh, Batman v Superman is where you go to when you have no other ideas." And then they let the fucker write the film. I don't get that. That was wrong. And then Scott M. Gimple was also a writer for Ugh. Ghost Rider, and this was the guy who really did fuck up. One of my favourite TV shows, The Walking Dead. He was someone who just went, right, um, yeah, I'm going to take over this show from season four. I'm going to take all the goodwill, all the all the fun stuff, all the all the exciting storylines that you've in, imagined and enjoyed over these last three years, and I'm going to go, yep, I'm going to just fuck them up for you now because I don't care because I'm getting paid shitloads from AMC. Thank God Angela Kang eventually came into it and then uh, you know, managed to salvage... What was already quite a um a well battered boat. Let's just put it basically looked like Sam Wilson's parents' boat by the time season oh, nine had come around. It was even worse than that. Just it just felt so drawn out, so bored, and so it was just like just put it out the pasture and die. Don't get me wrong, I still love The Walking Dead, and the last couple of seasons have been a marked improvement. But you know, that the damage has been done. And for anyone who knows The Walking Dead you would not have got rid of characters such as Rick, as Carl. You wouldn't have even imagined carrying on this long with the lineup that is still there now. I mean, even no. uh, don't get me wrong, some creative choices have worked out in their favour. You know, Carol. Carol is a character who died very early in the comic book run. She's probably the best character apart from Daryl in The Walking Dead. She is someone who is just so fucking good to watch. And then Daryl Dixon, you know, a character that doesn't even appear in the comics. Probably the nope. best person in that show. But then, you know, Rick Grimes, he's um 
You know, he's pretty much there up until the end almost. No, in this, in The Walking Dead, they just go, uh, yeah, he um, he gets blown up on the bridge. But no, he still survives, but he gets taken away on some helicopter. And we never see him again. Because, you know, that's it. Why? But, well, that's it, you know. Oh, no, we're going to give him his own film. When's that going to be? We don't know. Ah, right. So, so basically, AMC, you had no idea what you were doing. You just thought, yeah, let's do something for a bit of dramatic effect and... Um, yeah, we'll expand the Walking Dead universe even further. No, don't do that. No. Worry no. about what you've actually got there first before you think, yes, let's expand this franchise that's um, got a quarter of the viewers as we did have a couple of years ago. No. Why? Why? Uh, the thing with Ghost Rider is, the, you mentioned they had, was it half the budget of the last one? Uh, Two thirds of the budget. Right, and then you look at the names they've got on the cast list. There's nearly a quarter of the fucking budget gone on just the cast names alone. Mm. If you'd have stuck to just Nicolas Cage returning... <laughs> just Nicolas Cage on screen for two hours. And, well, he did it for fucking uh, Wally's... Um, uh, Willy's, Willy's Wonderland, so... You know, and then didn't say a fucking word throughout the entire se- you know, the entire film, which was absolutely fucking amazing. Um... You could have had Nicolas Cage returning and had um, new cast. Because let's face it, Ghost Rider is basically, he's a lone, a lone rider. That's the whole point of, of Johnny Blaze. He's a lone rider traveling and he turns into Ghost Rider when, you know, bad shit goes down. You don't need a stellar cast. You just need him on the bike going from place to place like fucking, you know, uh, Bruce Banner in the Incredible Hulk TV series, just wandering the highway, you know, with the TV, with a team through in the back, going, "There's a voice that keeps on calling me," you know, that kind of fucking theme song, and that's what you needed from a second Ghost Rider film. That's all it was, and you could have introduced um, some great characters that continued on, but no, they thought, "Oh, we need to get a really shitty budget, pilot with as many fucking well-known actors as we know." And make it really shit. Who can we employ for doing that? I know. David S. fucking Goya. Yeah, it's um Yeah, it's, it's like it's, asking it's like it's like asking Paul W. S. Anderson to do a fucking film. <laughs> and it would have been two hours of fucking um his wife running around going, What do we do? Load my gun and it'll be shit. Can I just say, in in defence of Paul W.S. Anderson, and, no. you know, there is a lot where you go, yeah, the guy did make some real shit. Can I just say, one of my favourite sci-fi films of all time, Event Horizon, was by Paul W.S. Anderson. Do you know why that was good? Go on. Because his wife wasn't in it. <laughs> well, she wasn't his wife then. Um, exactly. My fucking um, point. Can, yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> can, can I just go through one other thing as well, just in defence of Paul W. S. Anderson? Go for it. The first Mortal Kombat hasn't aged well, believably. Yes, but there are moments in that film that will still stick out for years to come, just because he had such great direction and there was a sense that. This was when he went, yeah, do you know what? I actually have got a respect for the source material to a degree. And, you know, the costumes, they tried to keep quite similar. The action on what was 
I guess you could say a quite a limited budget. They really did put out some good films. Um, oh, what's the best example I can give? Ah, the, the fight between Johnny Cage and Scorpion. Now, that is a great sequence. The CGI in it is awful, but the set design, the set design is gorgeous. Especially when the fight does actually go into Neverrealm. That is just, you know, it basically is just a load of scaffolding and uh, and a red tint on the screen. But it looks so good, you know. It's one of the things that, for a limited budget, they made it look quite believable. And then just the bit at the end when after Johnny Cage has defeated Scorpion and he leaves the signed photo for him, it's just like... That's just so cool. I, I liked it. It was like this was this was basically a video game brought to life in such an effective way, and it, it just worked for me. And you know, we mentioned it on the last podcast as well. Um, Carrie Tagawa as Shang Tsung. Could you get a better mm. casting? Yeah, this is basically <laughs> he was for Mortal Kombat what Raul Julia was for Street Fighter. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but let, let's face it. When you've got you've got Paul W.S. Anderson directing, I'll give him that. But when you've got writers like Ed Boon and John Tobias that gave you a solid fucking script, it's kind of hard to fuck that up. Yeah. So you know, it's it's this it, uh, it's the same way. I'll say this over and over again. If Dan Aykroyd gives you a solid script for Ghostbusters, you don't throw it in the fucking bin and then write your own. You mean Ghostbusters go to hell? Yes. Yes. You don't just chuck it in the bin and do your own because you don't know how to do a film like that, quote, quote. And that is a direct quote, and you can sue me on that for all I care. That is a direct quote from Paul Feig, who said, I don't know how to direct a film like that. You should have fucked off then, shouldn't you, pal? Now, Paul W.S. Anderson was given a fucking solid story by Ed Boon and John Tobias, the guys who doomed the fucking games. Why? Because it's their games, and they know the source material. Why? Because they fucking wrote it. Now, there's no way you could have fucked that up. That's why... Um, when Mortal Kombat came out, the budget was, if I can just scroll down here to look, it was $18 million. Yes. Opening weekend in the USA, it took $23 million. Gross in the USA, it was $70 million. Cumulative worldwide gross was $122 million. Yes. Now, so, now, now, be careful now when you go on to the next film, because this, and just so out of fairness, the second film... Um, Paul W. S. Anderson had no real involvement with. He was nope. he was supposed to, but obviously yeah. he went on to make Event Horizon. <sighs> yep. And um, now I had to look this up because I honestly have only ever watched Annihilation once oh. in full. I've obviously seen clips every now and again. You see bits and pieces, and um, you know after he made that movie. Um, the director John R. Leonetti, which this was his major film debut. Let's um, let's just be honest. This was his directing debut. Yep. Um, his next film was then nine years later. Oh, he was blacklisted. He was blackballed. Yeah, Nobody wanted to touch him. 
can I just go through just very quickly? Because he did kind of have a bit of a resurgence, to be fair to him. Um, so in 2006, this was definitely another low point of his career, the Butterfly Effect 2. And then in 2014, he made Annabelle. I quite enjoyed Annabelle. That was a good horror film. And then in 2019, his most recent film was a Netflix movie, The Silence, which I don't know anything apart from the title of it, and that it's got Stanley Tucci and Sabrina from the Netflix Sabrina in it. I will say this, The Silence, I thoroughly enjoyed. Ah. See? So that's the idea. So there we go. That is a... Um, we would say that's a... That's a that's a that's a good turn after you know two absolute clunkers. It's a good turn, yeah, but it's a Netflix film, so he had Netflix money uh, to do what he wanted. But if you think about this, right, and just 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 ponder this. <laughs> Go on. Now, with the writers for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, only Ed Boon came back, and Tobias didn't. So that says a lot. <laughs> um, the budget for Annihilation was thirty million. Yes. So they already doubled the budget for the second film because, of course, that's that's the best thing to do, isn't it? You know, <laughs> um, the opening weekend took sixteen. The worldwide was thirty-five. Um, no, sorry, the 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 gross USA was thirty-five. The worldwide was fifty-one. So it lost fucking money because once you take in, because obviously everybody thinks, oh, but that sounds like it gained money. No. 20 million is not um 20 million on top is not a uh, a win it's uh, if you take 30 million for the budget then you've got let's say an extra 10 million on top for marketing premieres and stuff like that around the countries and whatnot the merchandising stuff like that it didn't make any money it actually lost money um and when you look at um 30 million yet they lose Christopher Lambert as uh, Raiden. Which is... And they um, James... Yeah. Uh, do you know what? Christopher Lambert actually wasn't bad as Raiden. He had... Um, you know... He, he, uh, this is a... You almost forget this is a guy who really does not do well with English as his first language. You can even see that when he was in Highlander. But yeah. as Raiden, he was fun. You know, he yeah. actually made the part quite quite enjoyable um joe this just for a quick little game i've got some quotes from mortal Kombat annihilation i'm going to read a few of these lines i want you to see if you can tell me which character said these lines okay here we go <laughs> oh surrender now raiden or this one dies shao khan that is a Shao Kahn line. Um, there is some weird Shao Kahn lines, which is um, impressive, but not for long. Um, Raiden is of no concern to us. Um, don't know what happened with his voice there. Kind of went a bit bit weird. Um, here we go. Um, my brother died a long time ago. He's hot, anyway. That was the other Sub-Zero. No, that was Raiden. That was Raiden. That Fuck was Raiden. Off. That was James Remar's Raiden, who didn't like the wig, so they went, yeah, go on, you can have your hair short. That's fine. That'll, that'll work. We'll, we'll, we'll write into the story somehow. But then again, he didn't really need long hair in the first place, so why they did that in the first place, who knows, but hey. Um, 
Oh, God. Um, my squads have already claimed thousands of innocent souls on Earth. My squads have already... Uh, is my, that... My squads have already claimed thousands of innocent souls on Earth. Is that Mataro? That is Rain. Rain. Because oh, Mataro then responded, and I will claim billions. Right, okay. Uh, and very last one, and probably one of the most infamous lines in film history... Too bad you will die. What the... F I can't even remember that one. Was that Shiva? That was... No, that was Sindel. Oh, for God's the, sake. The, the, the mother of Katana. And, um, you, know, <sighs> you know, because obviously of all the outlandish outfits that you can have in Outworld... Somehow she managed to find one that had a JD Sports and got all like the, uh, all like the, you know, the all the lycra and everything for her costume. I still don't understand how Shinnok was in this fucking film. <laughs> I, I, I still I, think I just... it's funny that they had Shao Kahn and he basically just looked like a normal bloke. You know, this is yeah. this is not this is not the character that we was expecting. Well, when when you have somebody like um, oh, Shao Kahn was Brian Brian Thompson. Was a Brian Thompson? It's just it, when the guy is just basically looks just like a lump of fucking clay, um, with 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 a, with a jawline that would basically rival Arnold Schwarzenegger's flat top when he was younger. Um, it's it's kind of like you being typecast there. Um, you know, he was Lucas in Buffy the Vampire Slayer for all of two episodes, and then he died. <laughs> and it's like, dude, stop being typecast. In uh, Fright Night 2, he was the dude that ate bugs, which was just whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> I And then in Cobra, he was the psychotic killer who still got gunned down uh, by... Sylvester Stallone and the only thing out of that film I ever remember from Brian Thompson was him going pretty her and that was it um, <laughs> it, it, I, I feel sorry for the dude because in he's a good actor he just gets given shit roles like, like um, in my opinion that's what I feel about Jai Courtney oh I feel I think he's a Jai decent Courtney. actor and when he was in and I know a lot of people didn't really like it but when he was in Suicide Squad Playing Captain Boomerang, I thought he was bloody brilliant, and I'm he so glad they're bringing him back for the Suicide Squad. He was so good as uh, Captain Boomerang, and it, it just you know he just says, uh, "I was sitting there with me Nana playing Mahjong. You were not. You were right robbing a diamond exchange. I was not. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> Absolutely he's just, brilliant. He's just got such a great, such a great attitude about himself, and it's just when they announced the Suicide Squad and they gave that cast list, I was like. Yep, Margot Robbie, yeah, it's quite obvious. Oh, Viola Davis, yep, yeah. Joel Kinnaman's back. Oh, okay, well, they give him a bit of personality. I'm sure that'll work. And it was like Jai Courtney. I was like, yep, that's it, I'm sold. Yep. James Gunn, you've definitely done a good job there. You know, you kept someone fucking brilliant. And it's like, um, I don't know, Joel Kinnaman is just... Uh, it's, it's from watching him in Robocop. It's just... The man has very little charisma, and I think he's more more like more robotic when he was a human than when he was actually Robocop. It was like a, it was like uh, go, go, show some expression, you know, show some happiness or some sadness or or laugh or whatever. It's like when he's actually a, more of a machine than a human. That's when he actually shows a little bit of emotion. Not much, obviously. You know, we don't want to don't want to spoil the complete illusion. But it's like a. I I refused to watch um, 
the new RoboCop, and then I was forced to, because <laughs> um, it's it, it's just awful, just awful. But but do you know what, Joel? Um, Joel, um, Joel Kinnaman is just, it's just, Joel. He's he just. I really hope that you know they bring him a little bit of character in this one because it's just like the um, just that line from Suicide Squad. This is Katana. She's got my back. I fire's not getting killed by her. Her sword has the souls of its victims trapped in it. It's like, okay, why? Um, yeah. Why is it called? Why? Why does it do that? How does it do that? Yeah, but that there's no backstory yeah. to her at all. Yeah. Uh, this is this is Slipknot. He's the master of ropes. He did now though. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Joe, I always thought that because obviously when they announced the the full cast list and they showed him off, I was like, um, hmm, don't really see him much in the trailers. Yes, I know why now. Yeah, he's dead within five minutes, yeah. and it is literally five minutes. Yes. But I like that how he just suddenly appears out of nowhere and it's like a oh no, he's gone and they just got some quick actor just for this five minute part. Yeah, that's it. Serves him right. But. He's a shit character anyway. <laughs> right, Joe, I think before we we bring this podcast to an end, I you know yeah, I, I would feel I'd feel bad if we didn't mention this, but the um you know, for the UK as of the time of this recording, obviously it'll be different because by the time this podcast is out, they would have been open mm. for a few days. But for us, we are finally getting the cinemas back from this Monday. Yeah, and, good um, luck with that. And do you know what? I, I, I already had to book for my first movie because, you know, I've missed the cinema so much. I really just like, yep, I just want to go to a screening now. I just want to go and see some film. And... Um, when I looked at the choices, because obviously there's some films that have been on demand for a few weeks, maybe even a few months now, that are going to be released in cinema because we didn't have them in cinema in the first place. And then we're getting movies that were purposely held back until this point. So this is the schedule of what's due to come out in the UK this week. And these are the films that you can go and see right now. Or if you're listening to this podcast afterwards, these are the films that you probably went to see because there was nothing else in the cinema to watch now. So... You have Peter Rabbit 2. Yep, Ash. that's it. That's it. That's, um, yeah. Um, Spiral, the uh, the ninth Saw film. Which Pass. I'm going to see because I'm intrigued. I, I just have to see what Chris Rock has actually done with the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Mortal Kombat coming to UK cinemas. Obviously, the the new twenty twenty one version of Mortal Kombat, you know. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yes, <laughs> just in case there's any confusion, people thinking, hmm. So the Paul W S Anderson classic, no, no. no. The um, Steve McCoy, the director of this one, I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, yeah. So you got that version. Um, mm-hmm. God, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. That's in cinema. Okay. The Unholy, a new horror film starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Pass. And yeah, I think there is a few other movies as well. But they are the they are the highlights. And then in a couple of weeks' time we also have A Quiet Place Part Two, finally hitting cinemas. Yay. Yay. Which I'm I'm looking forward to, because you know, over a year ago, um Geek Pride managed to sort out a lovely couple of tickets to go and see it. 
And yes, then that week was when the world went to shit. Yes, it did. So basically, it felt like we was about to enter the world of a quiet place. Yeah. Yes. You can't mention that dreaded word, otherwise, you know, people will uh, be on you. What, coronavirus? Pretty much, yeah, that was at the time. You said that, people were like, no, 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 it's, it's not real, it's not real. And then, like, you know, a week later, everything was all shut down. It's like, yeah, I think this is pretty real. You know, this is a... This is basically, this is basically, this is, this is how the fucking Walking Dead started, you know. Oh, no, no, this this isn't real. Nothing really bad's happening. Well, yeah. this is happening. Yes. And the way fucking Boris Johnson's going on about it now, any kind of uh, lift uh, on lockdown come June will be scrapped because of this um, new strain. Yes. Or as um, or as Boris would put it, well, I think um, we are wibble, wibble wobble, um, wim bam, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. But but Boris, we need to know what is the plan going forward into um, coming out of lockdown. Well, um, uh, wib wham, wibble bobble, wib bar. I need a haircut. Okay, what's he's that got to do with anything? Uh, yes, I'm going to the a... pub. Keir Starmer is my mate. What? He's just a, mm. he's just a walking coconut. The man is just a literal coconut. And do you know what? And I have people that have said to me, "Well, you know, no one's ever been through this before. You know, you have to give him respect." I, I just went. I just went. No, no, you don't give him respect. Okay, he has royally fucked up a lot of things, and I'm not saying anyone else would have done it better, but he has chose to be in that position. No one's forced him to be prime minister. He could have stepped down at any moment, but no, he right. wanted to have himself pride the place. No, and I've said this right, and but somebody said was well, somebody said the exact same thing to you. Oh, um, so nobody could have done it better, really. Yeah. But that, I'm not saying thing, nobody when could. This yeah. thing, when this thing hit officially, mm. the New Zealand the New Zealand Prime Minister closed New Zealand completely. My every hero. border, every intake was immediately closed. Nobody in, nobody out, mm. and it was stuck like that until there were no more cases of coronavirus in New Zealand. Now. That's the way to do it, not to sound like Punch and Judy here, but that's what should have been done from the immediate effect. None of this herd immunity bullshit that he tried mm. to tell everybody about, because let's face it, herd, herd immunity is not a thing. It's never been a thing, but he tried to tell everybody, let's take it on the chin. You caused nearly 33,000 fucking deaths because you wanted to take it on the chin. And then you told everybody, oh, I've got coronavirus. We didn't believe you then. We still don't believe you fucking now. I know somebody who had coronavirus. There's somebody in my family that had coronavirus. A very good friend of mine had coronavirus. And she's still now, nearly over a month and a half later, still dealing with it. Mm. There is no way that man had it for two weeks and was fine. Yeah. I, do you know what? It, there has been so many, and, you know, this isn't the first time I've mentioned how shit our government has been. Um, for anyone mm. who really wants to know, listen back through episodes 1 to 16 of the podcast, because you'll probably find there's plenty of material there. But what has happened with this government was that they basically were like, yes, we have the power. We'll tell you what to do. And, you know, initially people were very annoyed, but, you know, you do what you can do to stay safe. 
Mm. What basically fucked everything up for Boris Johnson? Well, apart from him basically existing, um, he let one of his mates off when he broke the rules. He had his yeah. friend Dominic Cummins, who has now fucked him over two ways from Sunday. Um, he he basically said, "Oh no, no, he's um he's he's not done anything wrong. He's uh, he's followed the rules." No, no, your mate fucked off with coronavirus. He got in a car with his family. He drove over 200 miles to a complete other location. He then went about spreading his germs halfway across the country. He then went out to drive to test his eyesight, because that's what you do. You get behind the wheel of a vehicle and you go driving towards a fucking crowded area, thinking that's a great idea. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you come back and you go, oh, no, I haven't done anything wrong. No, mate. If any of us even went next door to go and see our neighbour, we would have been slapped with a £200 fine. Your mate went halfway across the country and back, fucking spreading the virus. He then decided that, you know, I'm above the law, I'm above the rules. Fucking tried to, yeah, he tried to rewrite the all these manifestos, all these rules to his own way. They pulled every single string that they could to try and get around this. And what happened with that? People who were trying to do their best... Some people, you know, I don't think it was right that some people then decided, fuck it, I ain't going to play by the rules if they ain't. I don't think that was right. But can I blame people for doing that? No, I cannot. Because you have someone who's basically just gone, right, yeah, I'm above the law. I can do whatever I want. I've got, you know, I've got a fucking... I don't know what he could have held against Boris that he didn't want to get out there. Because there was obviously something that he had against Boris Johnson. But, you know, the fucking guy's got so much laundry out there to to dry anyway what is there really that he could have held against him apart from like a four-way orgy involving like vladimir putin and donald trump and uh you know what's the kim jong-un there we go that was basically it if there was a video like that then maybe he might have gone yes actually i don't want that getting out there apart from that what else what else could he have fucking blackmailed him with that's that's what i wonder but we know exactly what he had to uh, to blackmail him with. It's what he said about bodies piling high before there'd be another lockdown. Yeah. The thing that really pissed me off is the fact that this fucking guy who literally looks like Mr. Burns um, from The Simpsons, he did all this shit, was never retrim- reprimanded for it, and even was called out um, by the British press. What did the fucker turn on and do? He gave him a 40 grand fucking pay rise... And then let him retire. So he couldn't get fucking done in. I'm sorry, but you've got the government who say we've got no money to feed starving children while the lockdown was going on. Mm. And then miracles upon miracles, there's 40,000 to pay your mate. Then 200 million on a fucking boat that nobody fucking needs. Yet you will vote to not feed starving kids over the lockdown because free school meals was not a thing. I'm sorry, but fuck these people Uh, with every single bit of my being. Fuck these people. It comes to a point when pretty much you are having to have a footballer basically be the person that goes, no, we need to help millions of kids not the fucking people that are supposed to be running the country. That mm. is that is an extent when people must go, well, hang on. Yes, maybe this Tory government isn't always cracked up to be. And we've just had local elections in the last few weeks. 
why the fuck have the Tories actually got more seats now? You know, I, I'm really wondering what has gone on with that because there's there's no way there's no way that could have happened. You know, not I'm not saying that the Labour alternative is any better, but oh. but you look at what the Conservatives have done, even in my area. You know, our our um, our MP Jackie Doyle Price. An absolute arsehole of a woman. A woman who's basically lied and manipulated her way, like most politicians do. But she, is, yeah. she has said some absolute shit in the years that have gone by. But still, time after time, she gets elected. How? Why is it that people will still go back to these people that have actually fucked us over? I don't get how your faith can be put into someone who has no conscience, has no soul, has has every intention just to rob you blind. They're not doing it for your benefit, they're doing it for their benefit. But yet, these people <clears throat> still get elected over and over. Why? It It's the... <sighs> it all depends on certain bracket. I, uh, this, is, this is my hypothesis anyway. Um, it all depends on a certain bracket you're in. If you're a good earner, you know, you've got a good job and your your earning is coming, the the Tory government is all about rewarding the rich. You know, it's it's a very anti Robin Hood. It's 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 take from the poor and give to the rich. And that's all they've ever been interested in. They've always been interested in lining their own coffers and helping out their quote unquote rich mates. This is why Jeff Bezos has never paid um his fair share of fucking tax. Why? Because they're a good earner for the Tory party. Um, it's it's mainly money. If, it's, if money and power can get you in, then that's exactly what it'll do. Um, the Tories just believe in, oh, we know what's best for a government. And I think it was uh, Big Nasty who was doing a, uh, a show a while ago. And he was asked by Judge Rinder, do you think the Tory government are doing a good job? He said, fuck no. Do you know why? Until you've smelt piss in an alleyway of the place you live, until you're literally scrounging money um, from everywhere behind the couches just to feed a family, when you're that down in your luck, you contemplate stealing food from a shop because you're that hungry and you need to feed it, that's when you should be in charge of running a country because you know where money should go best. Rich men from rich families, privileged fucking little boys who are just dealing with daddy's pocketbook should not be allowed to fucking run a country. These guys have no fucking clue what they are doing, but they know how to look after their money. And just going back to the Dominic Cummins bit very quickly. Now, we, we we know that there was all these fines that were going out for people who were supposedly breaking the lockdown rules, but they were breaking it for what they said was legitimate reasons. Mm. Now, how much money, and you know, we're never going to see an official figure for this, but how much money could you imagine was refunded? Because now, obviously, that the government have used this loophole to say, well, Dominic Cummings, he done everything right. You've got all these people going, well, actually, why don't I say I did everything right? Because, you know, if this fucking get away with it, why can't I? And I know people that have actually that actually used that as their defence and they had their fines reversed because of only doing what they thought was, you know, in their opinion was correct. They were doing what they felt was honestly right. 
But, you know, you had the government going, no, no, that's not correct. It's like, well, your mate apparently was all right with it. Okay, yeah, well, well, okay, we'll reverse that then for you. How much money do you think would have been pumped into the economy if they hadn't had to actually take back every single one of them fines that were inevitably rejected and um, reversed because, uh, you know, because of this guy fucking protecting his mate who then, you know, screwed him over anyway. This is why I reckon he was sacked. He was sacked. There was, but it's the fact that he should have just been in May of last year. He should have just been right. Yep, no, he's gone. That should have been it. Should have been no discussion, no argument. That's why for over a week of them press conferences, every person that was there, every journalist, that was the only question they asked. Everything was, why haven't you got rid of Dominic Cummings? Why is Dominic Cummings still? And even um. Oh, what's her name? Um, Rigby from uh, from Sky News. She even said, what has Dominic Cummings got against you, Mr. Johnson, that you won't yeah. get rid of him? Yeah, I saw that. And do you know what? I thought, I, I fucking love you. Why? No one else has said that. So many people said, why haven't you got rid of him? But she just went, yeah, what has he got against you? What is he holding against you that stops you from, from sacking him? And yeah. Quite a lot by the sounds of it. Yeah. And let's just be honest as well, for all the shit from that side, we got probably the best character in the new version of Spitting Image as well, which was the Dominic Cummings character. Oh, the vampire. The, yes, the vampire baby-eating um, weird alien bastard. No, no, Pretty Patel was the vampire. Yeah, Pretty Patel was the vampire. Yeah. He was basically an alien who, um, you know, was... Uh, he, you know, he stuck his finger into someone's ear to be able to read their thoughts, and um, you know, he said, "Are you sure I can't eat the baby?" Um, yes, like it, was very, it was very, it was very voice of the Mister Ons type. Um, what got it for me was uh, Donald Trump's asshole. Oh God! Or even Joe, one I, I quite enjoyed was the Donald Trump's last day in the White House when he's trying to pull everything out of the room, and he's trying to set traps up for Biden, but then obviously he ends up getting attacked himself. Yep, it's just it. so fucking funny. Um, I, I gotta say as well, if you've got a chance, go to YouTube and look at um, Bobby Davro's um, ventriloquist act with a um, a Kim Jong Un. <laughs> oh man, it's, it's it, they try to get him to say squirrel, and he goes, he goes, oh, we need it. And it's a guy doing an impression of Donald Trump. He goes, oh, we need to say squirrel. He goes, ah, oh, piece of piss. And he goes, squirrel. oh fuck, dude! I've I, I've never laughed so much in my life. He goes, no, no, squirrel. He goes, squirrel. Oh fuck, <laughs> he's on the floor. He goes, no, no, square. He goes, squirrel. <laughs> Good God, Lord. how are you still in a job? Oh God. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's what it's the fifteenth today now, and Loki is out. In 25 20... days. Right. That's going to, you know, that's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, but it's going to go a bit quicker now. Because, you know, we've had we've had the Castlevania fix, so we've had a bit of, um, you know, geeky TV to, to help pave the way. Um, I did watch uh, Love, De- oh. uh, Love, Death and Robots. Yes. Dude, I loved season one, and that's what I can say about that. Before I kind of offend nearly everybody I know who loves the series, but 
the first series 18 uh, 18 episodes and it was fantastic this one is eight episodes and it's just disappointing <laughs> one one of them one of them is i'd want to see it go further i want i, I want more of it because it was really good and i just thought it's a different way of doing it, and I'd like to see what would happen. I'm Have you watched any of it yet? I haven't seen any of season two yet, no. But right. do you know what I really like to see back on Netflix? I really want to see more Black Mirror. I miss my weird, dark anthologies. Well, see, it's, it's, Black Mirror is basically the outer limits, isn't it? It is. But do you know what? When um, I still remember when Black Mirror first started. I remember watching the first episode I watched was the um the one that's called the entire history of you, when they have the the little implants in their neck that recalled everything. And, oh yes. And do you know what? That's probably my favorite, or at least one of my favorite Black Mirror episodes. But it's the only Black Mirror episode that's not actually written by Charlie Brooker. Oh. Which. Yeah, I know. A lot of people do forget that he, for most stories, he has either written or co-written them. Yes, but this was the only one that wasn't written by him. This was um, oh, is it Jesse Armstrong? I believe was the yeah. writer. So yeah, it's a. I've got. A, I've just got to pull up his details again there. So yeah, so Jesse Armstrong. So he was the co-creator of Peep Show, uh, Fresh Meat, and he's. Um, oh, we also co-wrote In the Loop as well. Fantastic film, which was pretty much a spin-off of well, of one of the best, uh, one of the best British TV shows of all time, The Thick of It. So, if you've not seen that, definitely do watch it. Um, but yeah, there there is there is some great TV if you know where to go to. Black mm. Mirror is definitely one of them ones that really does stick with you and. I've got to make mention to this because this was a show that when it came on and this was three years ago, this was on Channel 4. It was one of them shows that came out about the same sort of time as Ready Player One. And many people were thinking, oh, it's a Ready Player One ripoff. And it's a show called Kiss Me First, which I don't know if you've had a chance to watch that one. I've heard of it. Now, it's pretty much to, to put it simple... It's a story about a girl who plays this um, multiplayer online game, um, obviously like a VR game, and there's kind of this um, this twisted side to it where there's a a, a player in there who pretty much is, um, I guess in a way, he's almost building up a cult. So he's getting his followers and uh, he's... You know, starting to initiate things such as um, people going missing. He's encouraging people who are depressed to pretty much go and commit suicide, and then he then pins the blame on this other person. And it's and you know, just from that first episode, you go, hmm. Actually, no, this has got this has got nothing on um, Ready Player One. This is completely different. This is its own thing altogether. But it is such a good show, and I'm so annoyed that they never made. A series two, or at least they haven't made series two yet, because it was just, it was just such a great program. I'm really hoping, I'm begging and praying, because it was a combination of Channel Four and Netflix that brought this show together. I'm still hopeful on, that tidy. one day, 
I'm really hoping that one day they do make a season two of it because it was just it was just incredible. And it was one of them shows that finished so well and it was like te- teasing what could be such an epic continuation. It was like, nope, that's it. It's gone. Oh, a bit of a letdown. Yeah. And I, but that's it. I'm hoping that eventually, because Netflix have done it a few times, they should go, well, Joe, this show, we're going to bring back all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, do that then. Yeah, bring it bring it back on. <laughs> but I think Netflix have kind of now just been cancelling a lot more shows than than really keeping them going. Um, Indeed. Tuca and Bertie, for example. I like that show. I, I never watched that. It was good. But then they got rid of it. But Adult Swim said they were going to make a season two instead. So, you know, they get the last laugh on that one. Uh, swings around a bit. Yeah. But yeah, if you get a chance, do watch Kiss Me First. It is a great show. It's a very... Um, it, it's unsettling, I think, is the best way to put it. You know, there are going to be a few moments, I think, that will trigger people. But it is a it's a well-written program. And it's one of them shows that the mystery will keep you going all the way through them six episodes. I will look into it. Mm. Okay, so we've had our moan at the government. We've had our faults on Castlevania. It was we, great. Yes. It's great. And, you know, we've talked about a few Netflixy things. So before we head off, Josh, any last faults? Anything to express? <sighs> Venom. Let there be carnage. I hope to God you're great. Um, no, it's May. It's crap. It's fucking raining outside. And I'm sat here wondering, what the fuck have I been doing for the last two hours? And I really need to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So that's the that's the the, 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 the the thoughts that go through my head. Hmm. That light's been blinking for the last hour. I don't know what it's to, but it hasn't exploded yet. So I guess it's all good. Yes. So so before um you know Josh goes running to the bathroom with the headset in place, we shall bring. This... Oh no. <laughs> I would never do that to you. That's when you tell me you're already sitting in the bathroom. It's like um yes um clenching as we speak. No 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 um. No, I'm I, at the moment. I'm sat like the uh, the producers in that one scene, madam. If we could get up right now, we would give you a standing ovation. <laughs> My legs are crossed right now, and it's like rocking back and forth, going, <laughs> Baba Yaga, come at night, children. I'm I'm like that right now, but I, it's okay. I can hold it. I, I I've got, I'm a man of virtue. <laughs> Hurry the fuck up. <laughs> You can follow John Joe on Twitter at John Joe Cosgrove or on the All Things Suck Facebook page. Wait a minute. All Things Suck. Are you trying to say I suck, John Joe? I've never been so insulted in my life. <laughs>